So I have a serious question for you. Now we we can talk and argue all we want about what's the best, uh, you know, Disney property turned into a video game, right? You know, your Darkwing Ducks, your, your Chippendales, that sort of thing. They all had their own version, whether it was on Nintendo or mm-hmm. uh, Sega and so on. But here's the big question: uh, What do you think is the best? I mean, the tippity top S tier Disney, the cartoon, not the video game, but the cartoon intro song. Well, you're probably talking about like the big three, right? Chippendales, Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, and what? Probably Darkwing Duck. You're gonna probably go with those. My three? short, my short, my short list is DuckTales, uh, Chippendales, Darkwing Duck, and Tailspin. Okay, that's my short list for Tailspin's a jam. It is such <sighs> a jam. Oh 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 Come on, oh we oh. Come on, you guys suck. It's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's I, it's probably been a long time since I've actually listened to the the tailspin. I tailspin, mean, come on. No, I mean I I I don't remember the theme music to that one too that much. S- I probably have to go makes back me and sad. like. I mean, that's fine. Go listen to it later today. I'll probably like you know pull up the put pull on up Spotify. YouTube and everything. Put on Spotify. Put on Spotify. Hell, the thing if there's a whole like like list on Spotify. There's no way. There's not. Of just there has to 80s be. and 90s, like, after-school cartoons. Not, oh, there definitely is. I'd be is. disappointed. There, yeah. there'd have to be. I mean, I've actually looked at, like, some top, like, 15, like, 80s cartoon theme musics. But, I mean, <clears throat> for me, it's it's how do you how do you get away from the, the top two of DuckTales and Chippendales Rescue Rangers? Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Chippendales when there's danger. So, come on. The emotional response the emotional like how i feel is chippendales is the best one but that's because it was the first one for right. me because i feel like chippendales came before ducktales but i'm not 100 percent sure for me uh, do you guys it, remember it you might be right i feel like it did but if i had to go if i was put a gun to my head and say listen uh motherfucker you're, you're gonna pick three like top three ducktales is number one uh Cause it's so good. <laughs> the, the, the bass line itself just slaps. Boom, bump, boom, bump. It just starts good. Like it, it, it has a jam right in. Yeah, uh, I, I think for me, Ducktales has to be number one. Ducktales With, is number without one. Without well, what's number two? I mean, of those four, I mean, I would probably go with Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Chippendales. If I had to, if I had to put it on, on a, it wouldn't even be on. It would be my three. What do you mean three? It would not be my three. But it, I will say three. If it, if I had to put it on a list, it would be three. And number two is definitely Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would rank them Ducktales, Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck as number three. Goof Troop wasn't bad, but it was it was starting to creep out of my interest in that that sort of thing. But it was it was a good song. All those songs were good. No was, what. Yeah, there was a lot of like shows that didn't last long that had great theme songs, like Bonkers. I never really got into Bonkers. Yeah, but the song fucking slaps. I don't remember. I don't remember whatsoever at all. Uh, I know it existed. <laughs> bonkers. Yeah, totally nuts. Bonkers. No if, ands, or buts going bonkers. Oh, shit. That was like spoken word, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff I didn't realize we uh, signed up for a poetry slam here today. So, okay. DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, and Chippendales. Honorable mention to Tailspin, because I swear Tailspin is superior to Chippendales. It, it might be. I just don't have like an active recollection of it. Really? Yeah. Did you not like Tailspin? No, I watched every episode. Kick Cloud Kicker. Yeah, Kick Cloud Kicker was. I mean, you could. I mean, so 
<clears throat> you had that block, which kids today, you know, don't quite understand. Yeah, like coming home from school. It was a big deal. You yeah. had you had the Disney animation block right after school from like four to six before the news kicked in that had Rescue Rangers and DuckTales and Tailspin and then probably some other show. Darkwing Duck was more of a Saturday morning cartoon, I think, at that stage. But maybe maybe Batman the Animated Series, if this was all on Fox, because, you know, you only had a couple oh, channels Oh, you only watched Fox. It. You weren't watching yeah. anything else after school. And we're not talking about, like, the other animated songs here, everybody, because if we did, Jones would be tripping over left and right with X-Men the Animated Series. Their entire YouTube channel is <clears throat> devoted to how good that fucking yeah. song is. How I'm could not saying you not? there isn't. How could you not? That I'm is, not. That I'm, is S-tier all day. There is somebody every here category. that is S-tier who in seems every, to every category. That, that, that show was not S-tier, and I wonder who the fuck that is. I stand by it. This week on Nothing Good. and gentlemen welcome we got you on that one <laughs> got him <laughs> i'm not sure how we got you but we, we got we you didn't. apparently you know you know when you like you watching game of thrones did this once where every time a game of... <laughs> you gotta fucking love how it wait a minute no we're a podcast about retro things and like game of thrones did this once listen game of Yo. thrones is starting to croach into retro territory almost almost Look, if we did Bay, if we did Hellblade, I almost said Beyblade. If we did Hellblade, hey, hey. Did, let's just pay, play, blah, 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 play Beyblades today. And we let's go take this from the top. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, if we talked about Hellblade, we could talk about Game of Thrones. Jesus no, Christ! But it was different because Hellblade was this contained experience. The only reason I wanted to even talk about it was because it was so fucking good. Game of Thrones, we could talk about it. But we gotta wait a while. Oh, I'm not like going like I'm not going balls deep into Game of Thrones here, right? I'm not going like little finger deep into Game of Thrones. Just here. the tip, just that, the, just the tip. I feel like no. little fingers just the tip type of guy. Probably. Mm. He, mm. No, but the Game of Thrones did this once, where every single time that show started, it went right into the intro, into the whole the whole thing, uh, the song, the epic music from Game of Thrones, the cool intro, all the buildings popping up, all the locations and shit. We all know. We've all seen it. If you haven't, where the fuck have you been? And if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, stop after season seven. No, watch the whole fucking thing. It's fuck worth it. No. It's worth it. Uh, At least so you know you what everyone's pissed about. Yeah, They may not need that kind of closure. A I lot was, of people didn't need that closure, you Jones. Know, one day we will, we will talk about Game of Thrones, yeah. and we will have this discussion, because I maintain yeah. the ending was not as bad as everybody made it seem. That's a whole podcast. That's man. what I'm saying. That's, yeah, so I'm not even going to start down, down that rabbit hole, but... Um, there was one episode famously on the show where it went right into the show, um, because there was a very popular character on the show that was presumed dead and he didn't die. And, um, that was the first time and only time on the show where it went right into the episode and didn't actually do an intro, which is what we did here today, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And that was the uh, episode when the hound, you know, was, uh, found building a church. The hound was found. The hound. Yeah. Sandor Clegane. I'll have two chickens. 
For some reason, when I think of Hound, that's all I think about. I'll have two chickens. Um, I... <laughs> that's Anyways. The same, that's the scene that I, that is to me. That's that's Clegane, Clandor's, whatever the hell his he, name is. Yeah. Sandor Clegane. Sandor. He, Was it Sandor? Sandor, yeah. yeah. Clegane, Sandor. Sandor Clegane. Sandor Clegane. I had it backwards. Sandor yeah. Send me the big woman. I'll have two chickens. You know what scene Fuck. that is? Do you guys remember that scene? I I'm I'm trying to remember it's that scene. It's the scene. It's early in the series. He just he, he Jones says three words and he looks at me just dead in the eye. Goes, don't you remember the scene? <laughs> don't you remember? It's I'll so have, good. Four words. I'll have two. Just it was all about it was all about intent. It was such a badass scene. That's why I remember it. Is because is when Arya was still very young and she hadn't really been killing too many people yet. Oh, there was like they were on the road, right? Yeah, it was very early, and they went to this this uh, shop. It was like in a restaurant, whatever, mm-hmm. an inn, and there was a bunch of uh, uh, Kingsmen, uh, white. I don't know if they were even white cloaks or not. Uh, just kind probably, of there, probably and, probably Lannisters. Yeah, and they're just sitting around, and 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 Arya and and the Hound are sitting there and they're eating, you know, just just trying to rest. And there's one motherfucker who's eyeing them up. And, you know, you see the hound, you know the hound. If you've seen them before, you know them when you see them. Yeah, they're him. big motherfuckers. And dude starts talking to the hound like, oh, you, you're the you're the hound, aren't you? And, like, and, and you know, Sandor's just looking at him like, yeah, uh-huh, I am, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, weren't you with the king? Because it's after the Battle of Blackwater. He bounced, right? Yeah. Like, he got the fuck out of Dodge. There's too much fire for him. A lot, way too much fire And his last him. words were, fuck the king. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> right? And the whole scene is like this... They're talking. They're they're talking about food. They're talking about this interaction they're having with like what's going on back at King's Landing. But the whole time, Sandor was eyeing this dude up like you make. I will murder you. And but dudes like there's like so many of us. Just like two of you. And there's a scene where Sandor is like, I'm gonna have. You're gonna get me a chicken. Like and he takes his drink and he just chugs his fucking beer. His ale. Glug, glug, glug. Slowly glug, glug. Everybody's just looking at him. Glug, glug. And he puts it down. And I'll have two chickens. And he goes, if you don't shut your cunt mouth, I'm going to have every chicken in this room. And, like, you know what he's trying to say with this whole this whole scene. And then they end up murdering everybody. I think it's the first time Arya killed somebody. Or the second time. With Needle. Hmm. But the scene is so badass. <laughs> Thanks, Clover. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah, Google, Google the hound. I'll have two chickens. <laughs> Guys, YouTube it. I, I think this is the best start of a show we've had. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it down there right I'll now. Have two chickens. We got we got a dog hacking something up in the other room, which you may or may not have heard, but we heard it. Oh man, it was we heard amazing. Because you're just kind of waiting. <laughs> it's, it reminded me of Christmas vacation when like the dog ate like all the bones and stuff out of the garbage. He's like, hur, hur, hur. he's like, you oh, know so it's coming, stuck but in you're there. just waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Then oh, he got it up. <laughs> so there's a little of that going on in the other room. Um, welcome to nothing good, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Guys, what are we uh, what are we drinking today? Oh, we're gonna get this out of the way early because last week we waited until we were about to close the shit down, and we're like, oh yeah, by the way, we're drinking today. So we're gonna start uh, the office episode off with uh, what we're drinking. So I am drinking a beer called Red Ferrari which is a hazy double IPA from The Vale in Richmond, Virginia. Also, taking it back to Game of Thrones there, from The Vale. The Vale, yes. Yeah. I'm drinking a 2X Haze uh, from Southern Tier. 
Yet another week of drinking Southern Tier. I'm almost done with the Southern Tier so in my close. refrigerator. You're so close to that. Like there's two, light at the end of the tunnel, Jones. There's just like three cans left in the fridge. Now, so this time in three months, I'll, I'll be <laughs> on another beer. So when Jones brought the beers in, uh, they were... Were they frozen solid Jones no, or, or, or just frozen no, enough? They, they, so what happened, what had happened was uh, I took the, the, the beers out of my fridge uh, and I guess they were just cold enough that the agitation caused the beers to freeze. Now, there are witness to, witnesses to this because when I brought the beers out of my bag, they were still liquid. But me setting them down and moving them around a lot, they just Froze. instantly froze and it froze fucking solid i've seen that shit on like youtube videos and stuff i've never seen it happen in real life it was kind of one of those things where it's like am i being an asshole if i try this at home like <laughs> <laughs> well i like nobody's ever openly yeah. talked about it i saw this on mr wizard <laughs> once as a kid definitely bill Nye. shout out to fucking mr wizard holy i don't know if anybody's invoked that fucker's name in the last 30 years but I'll mad respect for mr wizard if we said mr wizard two more times is he gonna pop up yo Best episode of Mr. Wizard, still to this day, is still one of the things that just blew my fucking mind. To this day, as a grown-ass man, it was like, he had an aquarium, like a container of water. You guys have probably seen this one. He puts his powder on fucking top, and he puts his hand into the fucking water, moves it around, brings it back up, his hands are bone fucking dry. And as a little kid, that shit, like, mind blown. changed fucking my life. Fucking science. Fucking science. It's funny, like, a lot of people don't really talk about Mr. Wizard. But I don't you know watch, why. There are a lot of things that you watch on TV where Mr. Wizard is definitely, like, referenced. Like, that Professor Proton and Big Bang Theory. Uh, SNL does a famous thing where they have, like, a the host is playing a scientist and they have two kids that have no fucking clue why they're on TV. <laughs> they always, they're like, okay, I'll hold the screwdriver. Oh, and... those are some of the, those are some of the... You know, SNL, say what you want to say about SNL. Um, those are some of the better skits if you, like, especially when Adam Driver hosts. He plays a pissed off scientist so well. Um, but, like, it's the, oddly the, specific. I, I mean, there, it, it's a really, I think it's, I think it's Adam Driver. 40 years worth of SNL, you're like, but this one time, Adam Driver was really funny as an angry scientist. No, but the, it's a, it's one of their, like, few recurring bits they have on the show where they had, like, it was, like, Cecily Strong and then um i think it was mikey day were like the two students that were like helping him out and um the way that they play off of the mr wizard character is really fucking funny so basically for those of you who are too young to have ever been uh yeah, if you have no idea what yeah. the fuck we're who, talking like, about what the hell is mr wizard <laughs> it's pretty much the entire podcast is us talking about things you probably have no idea what the fuck we're talking about um, before bill nye the science guy there was mr wizard and it was on bill, nickelodeon bill, bill, yep uh, I didn't bill, watch Bill Nye the Science bill. Guy at all. That was I did not watch it one bit. I I actually knew what it was, but I didn't know. I had no clue what it really was until well after it was like a thing. Want to talk about a banger of an entrance song? Ba- ba- a banger of uh, theme music. The Bill Nye the Science Guy. No, nah. Mister was I think that's what it was. It was like it was really stupid. But there was like this period where Nickelodeon was trying some interesting things, putting like these different shows on, like Nick Arcade and things like that. Uh, oh man i love nick arcade nick arcade the greatest show that you think you'd have excelled at you would have been shitty at like everybody else <laughs> <laughs> i promise you every little kid go i can do i can do better than that i guarantee you, you put our little asses on camera in front of a, a, a crew and a, a studio, green screen and a studio audience and a fucking green screen and ask you to jump and hop and you're trying to look at the the, the monitor go like how do i how do i jump where am i going you look like a fucking asshole too <laughs> All those little kids look like morons, all of them. But it looks it looked like so much fun. Anyhow. Yeah, Mr. Wizard, uh, Mr. Wizard's World was the name of the show on Nickelodeon. 
uh, sadly passed away in 2007 at the age of 90. Mm. Uh, you know what? I'm a but, drink for Mr. Wizard. But those shows are all still available on YouTube. So no check kidding. them out. Mad respect for Mr. Wizard. Mm-hmm. He always wore like a, a red or brown sweater with like a collared shirt underneath it. He's very Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. What was his He's name? A good dude. Uh, what does it say? Donald Jeffrey Herbert, <clears throat> better known as Mr. Wizard. I knew that. Only because my name is Herbert, I knew that. Because in the ending credits, I would see that name. That's fucking right. Ah, oh, Mr. Wizard. Good shit. Yeah. All right, we're not here to talk about Mr. Wizard, though. No. Um, I'm drinking. Sorry, I had to interject. I didn't get to talk about what I'm drinking. Oh, I'm no, sorry. We were just waiting for you to say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so uh, <laughs> before we even get in the topic, uh, I'm still recovering from my uh, <clears throat> my plague at this stage. I think it's a good way to call it. So uh, since we had a lot of talk in the last episode uh, about uh, Pittsburgh and its influence on Beetlejuice and St. Patrick's Day parades and just yinzers in general, I thought it'd be really appropriate to bring probably the most yinzer thing I could bring <laughs> to a podcast drink when it's not a, an Iron City. Uh, but I brought some Turner's iced tea. And I'll pour a little bit out here for Noah Brown because I know Noah's a big Turner's guy. Yeah, Turner's is a thing. Here. <laughs> <laughs> the look of disgust on your face as you said that. No, bef- uh, before it tells even, you all you need to know about Turner's iced tea. It, it comes in a carton like you're in elementary school cafeteria yes. yeah uh and it tastes like cardboard uh it really does i actually it was explaining <laughs> to the guys before we even started is like i'm pretty sure i'm just drinking cardboard i'm, I'm pretty convinced of it tea flavored cardboard tea flavored just cardboard. chewing on it but it but it makes me feel close to home mm-hmm. you know so respect respect yeah, respect respect so uh we are here to talk about nintendo specifically the nintendo entertainment system specifically for many of us, our first real console that we owned. Yep. Um, was it your first real console? Technically, it was <clears> my <throat> first console. It was not the first console that was in my house. Uh, we had um, an Atari that was my sister's uh, that I barely remember, but it did it did happen. It did exist. But the Nintendo was mine. I got it for Christmas in like '89, I think. Yeah. If you look at kids who grew up in our generation or our age, Atari came out before we were born. And if you look at the way the market, the video game market was, so there was this big surge in the market from like the late 70s into the early 80s, and in 83 it crashed. So uh, everyone was like, video games is a fad, it's a trend, like it's not going to last. They stopped really focusing on what people were doing with Atari and home consoles, and everyone was going to the arcades because like mall culture was a big thing. Uh, And so Nintendo started i think they started working on development for famicom and ultimately the nes in the early 80s uh and even though the market crashed they're like we still think there's like a place for a home console that's somewhat affordable even though it wasn't you know super inexpensive or super inexpensive uh so they kept working and kept plugging away at building the nes which they brought to the u.s market as a test in i think christmas of 85 they only released it in new york uh and there was a limited number of consoles and then they did a bunch of like market research and follow up with those people who bought them and then it officially launched in the u.s on september 27th 1986 sounds about right over the life cycle of the console it sold 60 million units so uh, a lot of people had nes's in their houses um over the years uh some people got it right away you know you mentioned you got it a few years later uh i I think 
I probably got it. Let's see. 86, probably 88, 87 or 88. What about you, Dave? Well, the Nintendo wasn't mine, <clears throat> famously. Uh, it was my brother's. So um, my brother is nine years older than I am. So, you know, you're talking about what, probably 80, 80, 87 around the time that my brother probably got it. So I was five. So my brother was probably 14. You know, hey, he's old. point in time. <laughs> he's I know. Would you I say know. it like that? Yeah. In my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, because I was like six years old. I was like five years old. No, that motherfucker was like almost a grown ass man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that was actually a key advantage in the Nintendo Entertainment System because my brother um, was a phenomenal athlete. Really, really was. And I, I hate saying that. He'll never listen to this, but um, so I don't really have to worry about him coming back and saying, I heard about the time you're talking about being, being a really good athlete. Um, but like my brother famously decided that he didn't want to play sports anymore. He wanted to like get a car and like work and have a job and stuff. And one of the first jobs my brother got was Toys R Us. <clears throat> and he was Jeff before you and I were, my brother was working the booth at the R zone at Toys R Us, Respect. you know, way, way, way before we started poking our nose around there, you know? So, um, that was one of the first things that we were able to do is that my brother, when he worked would buy fucking Nintendo games. So we had a lot. In the household. You're a very lucky man. Very I really, lucky. look, I, I look back, <clears throat> as we were kind of going over this episode, and I was going over some Nintendo lists and doing some doing some research and things like that on just different games, I realized how many games we actually owned. And to my mother, God love her, uh, Barbie Mac has made one mistake in my life. Well, two. Uh, first was having me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, then. Get no, right the to first it. was your brother. second was you. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the first mistake was when she sold all of, all of the toys. Such an awful thing to do. Yeah, that's, that was short-sighted. That's, that's brutal. Yes. Uh, and why we say that, ladies and gentlemen, is that my mom, my mom babysat a lot of kids growing up. So we had a lot of different kids coming in and out of the house, kids from the neighborhood and stuff like that before school, after school, you know. So we had a lot of toys in the house. And my mom also would famously work at Toys R Us. And um, she bought extras of things because, you know, if we're kids are playing with Transformers and Optimus Prime breaks, we got to back up Optimus Prime. The toys never broke, guys. The toys never broke. So the day that my mom and my sister went down to Groovy in the South Side with a tire Jeep full of action figures, there were inbox unopened Optimus Prime, inbox unopened Soundwave. Inbox unopened He-Man. Inbox unopened G.I. Joe. Fucking you name it, <clears throat> there are boxes full of it. Now, they sold this stuff in the late 90s for over $1,000 to a secondhand store. So, of course, $1,000... You get $1,000 for those three Transformers you just named. <laughs> I know. I'm fully, fully aware. Not to mention, like, all the other open box stuff that we had that was all in great yeah, condition. Yeah. We're talking Star Wars... We're talking G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ghostbusters, um, just to name a few. <clears throat> I'm going so, to drink one for all those action figures <laughs> and the money all, you could have All made. the Ninja yeah. Turtles, yeah. like everything, right? So the other was the day at the garage sale that she sold the Nintendo and all the games. And we probably had in our household at least 35 Nintendo games, maybe even up to 40. Some some great ones, some ones that you probably never heard of. Tiger Heli, nineteen forty two, uh, Spy Hunter. You had your classics, all the Mario's, Metroid, Zelda, all the Mega Man games, uh, Duck Hunt, 
um, the just original Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, just the ones where you're jumping through fucking pipes. Um, <clears throat> Castlevania, Gradius, Contra. I mean, I can just keep going on right now, guys. Um, and I was too young to be able to buy it back. And the reason why I say this is that a couple years later, my mom tried to sell my Legos. What? <laughs> yeah. Barb went through a phase where she's like purging the garage. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dave's in his 30s this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's even funnier. Uh, no, but I was like probably like 12 years old or something. Yeah. My mom's like, I'm selling the Legos. And I went to the garage sale and I pulled the, all the money out of my piggy bank and I bought it all back. <laughs> you will not. So the Legos are the one thing that did not get sold. That's right. So still have, that's I where still... he draws a line in the sand. He's like, I am making a stand for these fucking Legos. Yeah. And they are mine. Exactly. Even if I have to buy them so, twice. Uh, sidebar, real quick, because you know I love my sidebars. What was your go-to action figure? Everybody had their go-to action figure for everything. It was the, he was always your protagonist. Everybody had the one who was always the hero. Who was yours? Think about it. We don't have to answer right now. We'll come back later. I think I can pull mine up pretty pretty easily. Yeah, we had. <clears throat> growing up with you know three boys in the house and me and my brothers are, are all a year apart so we had a lot of toys and a lot of action figures so they were like bins and bins um so it was never just like one but it was typically like the ninja turtles who were fighting uh monstar which was the monster. villain from jesus uh silver hawks yes oh, silver fucking hawks <laughs> had those too man yeah uh or like the centurions like would join in like all these like uh sort of this mishmash team uh but turtles was always my go-to i wasn't me and my brothers none of us were really like gi joe kids no. um no we were more into turtles and ghostbusters and he-man and what came after that yeah um mine wasn't a, mine wasn't actually a, a character it was okay. a playset it's Ghostbusters Firehouse. The That's Ghostbusters dope. Firehouse got used for everything. It got used for Turtles. It got used for, <clears throat> obviously, Ghostbusters. It got used for He-Man. It got used for fucking things called Expanders, if you guys even remember what those things were. Uh, Ultraman. Yeah. Um, it just got used for everything. Um, so if I had a specific character, it was probably Leonardo. Because just I, all of us, I think, grew up in that age where just the turtles were everything cuck he's kind of a cuck <clears throat> a little bit uh, a lot. well i will tell you my, my my protagonist for almost everything like you know i had the luxury of being the only boy in the house so action figure i i all the action figures were mine and i was very i didn't care as long as it was a, a franchise i liked give me all the action figures but the one that i had not the longest but almost the longest who stuck it out with me, and I still own to this very fucking day. And matter of fact, when we lived together way back in the day, I had them on display on my bookshelf. Do you guys remember Visionaries? Does that even ring a bell? Visionaries? Yo, so. No. Okay. I'm thinking. They were designed like the G.I. Joe's, like the art, super articulation. Same deal with the little fucking rubber band inside. If it snapped it, you have to perform open heart surgery to fix that shit. Yeah. But they had holograms on their chests, like stickers. With like they were superpowers. It was so I'm pretty confident were visionaries. They, were they animals? Different creatures, animals. Yes, I did. Visionary. I did have those. I never knew they were called. They were I, called vision. You know why? Because it they're... was one of those situations where it was a toy, then a cartoon. I thought they were called battle beasts. 
visionaries. Huh. Yes. Yeah, because they had they had the little hologram thing that you'd have to hold your thumb armor. on. They had armor their animals and stuff. And then when you put well, your... Well, no, 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 no. They were humans. Oh, no, okay. So, all right, I'm thinking... No, that I am thinking about Battle Beasts, yeah, which yeah. was very similar to that. Okay, yeah. cool. So oh, that... I did have some of these. Because they were like... They had the... Yeah! Uh, when you pushed down and created heat on the yep. chest emblem, it would change. Yep. Yeah, I do remember I had, that. Let me see. Do you have a picture? I'm going to pull the dude, up the one here. with the beard. The white guy with the beard is the one I fucking had. And he was... He's the only one that I remember owning. And he was, for some reason, the archetypical... Kurt Russell looking motherfucker <laughs> who like was the he had the armor you know he had the you know he had the beard he was a badass and like I mean I had all I mean at the minute, I know what you're talking about yep that was <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of those I, I only have the one I've played with them at people's houses but we didn't really Remember have that was those. a thing like you learned about other toys from just going and playing yeah. at someone else's pretty house. wild right <laughs> um but the segue back and that's a good segue to how I um actually found out about nintendo was at another person's house because it had come out and a neighbor of mine who was a friend of mine his older brother much like mac had gotten a nintendo i don't know if he bought it himself because he was way older than us like way he was like yeah. high school age way older right and his name was chris and i remember going to his house because chris lived like most punk ass teenagers do he lived in the attic and i remember going up to the attic and seeing nintendo and going i that was like you couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around how cool this was. You know, he had a bunch of games. I, I think we played Double Dragon. We'd, we'd play Contra. We'd play uh, Mario and stuff like that. That's when you, I learned the art of taking turns until you died. And then yeah. somebody else picked up the sticks. We learned that from the the, the, the high school kids who, who showed us is how you play games with your friends, you know? Even if it's two-player, you take you still take you turns. Still take yeah. turns. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You take fucking You get turns. your own controller. We're not playing at the same time. But I remember though. getting the Nintendo for Christmas. It was definitely Christmas. I remember the memory is very clear of the Christmas tree. And I remember, like, my parents, like, it was in the box. But they went and they bought me, like, three games. Because it came with Mario Duck Hunt. Correct. And Ninja Turtles was the first not-included game that I got. Uh, and I'm trying to think the third game. I couldn't even tell you now, actually, at this point, because I don't, I don't think I played it very much. But Ninja Turtles, which we're gonna get to, was a motherfucker. I learned real still hard. Is. Still is. I learned about <laughs> difficult games with Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo games are they were not very forgiving. Difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I did eventually get a Nintendo. You know, the way that our house was kind of set up, I had like a little, a really old TV. That was like my mom's like best friend's father's TV that like got passed down to me like when he passed away. One of those TVs that was fully encased in wooden furniture, kind of a deal. Um, oh, yeah, man. yeah, kids. Get a floor unit, kids. That's <laughs> one of the things you got to remember is that like furn like televisions and stuff used to be built into wooden furniture. Yeah. Um, yeah, back- to tune it to channel three. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I had that. Uh, because my dad got sick and tired of having to come home from work and we'd be playing Nintendo. So, cause like when dad came home from work, no, Nintendo's off TV's his for the rest of the night. So we got this TV set up in the dining room, hooked the Nintendo up, had like a little piece of furniture that we could sit on, um, kind of like a couch and, uh, we're able to kind of play in the dining room and that's all that TV is good for. And if you tune the antennas enough, you might've been able to get WQED. Was it the dual, was it the dual, uh, channel changes were like you had to turn because it was like yes one through ten or mm-hmm. one and then the, but there was like one through like a hundred yeah 
on the other yep. dial. It was they were yeah the one through ten was above, then the one like the eleven through hundred was like underneath. That was my first TV as well. That was my Nintendo TV as well. That was my Nintendo TV, um, and then of course you had the joy of trying to get the Nintendo to work ah, because yes. you know with all the if you want to talk about difficult gaming, everybody yes, Nintendo games were extremely difficult. But what was more difficult and and equally challenging was trying to figure out the different ways to get your Nintendo to work. Because the (laughs) Nintendo Entertainment System was notoriously uh, famous for just the games not quite playing. And you had to do all these different things in order to get the game to work. Now, the very first one, as we all know, the first move you get when you put the game in the cartridge in and you push it down, you hit power, and it's blinking. It blinks. It blinks. That's the yep. thing. It yep. always blinks. It would always blink. What, I, what well, I like to refer to this part of the discussion is as 8-bit foreplay. <laughs> oh, I like that. Because, oh. because there's a lot of blowing, oh, a lot God. of shaking, a lot of... Put it in real fast. Yo, pull it out real fast. Shirt. That's one hundred percent should be a shirt. Eight bit foreplay. I like it. I and make it even more kinky. We use Legos in my house. Jam that sucker in. Just, 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 just you know, yeah. hold it, hold it, it down. It's, it's a whole experience trying to get it to work. Yeah. So you'd always pull the game out. You blow into it a few times because for whatever reason that worked. And then you put the game in. It would work. Sometimes the 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 contraption wouldn't hold the game down. So you'd have to like we had to put, put like a, a a two by four little Lego brick in there <laughs> to hold it in to hold it down to yeah. keep the game. Or you'd like have launched. to like shift the game from one side of the console to the other, like ever so gently, mm-hmm. so that it, and then hit reset real fast to see if it stops blinking. We've come a That's long a way. Pain in the ass. From these consoles just not. <laughs> and and, and for all of you that bitch and moan about like you know um you know cut scenes and download screens and refresh screens and things like that and just when you're you're just waiting for the level to load you know fuck you all right you have no fucking idea what we went through we had to pro- back in those we days. had to crawl so you could walk that's we right. did that's right we crawled through um three football i'm just gonna go fucking morgan freeman right now andy dufresne man crawled through three football fields of shit and came out on the other end clean that's what we had to fucking do yeah to, to play Nintendo. Just to and play Nintendo. To play and, a game that we weren't going to beat. And that's and that's yeah. just the that's just the, the, the system that hooked up to the TV. Game Boy came out not too long after this. And fuck, the shit we had to put on our Game Boy so we could see it and actually <laughs> play it. You yeah. don't even know. Yeah, like 15 peripherals you on that bitch. You don't even like, know. A magnifying glass, a, a flashlight. Yep. We built, I mean, it looked like a fucking, like, Power Ranger Megazord when the thing was all said and done. <laughs> the amount of, like, things you had to add to it, man. That thing could go into war and come out of the other side and, like, and be fine. Yeah. And the, the bitch about technology is, like, if you buy a brand new smart TV today, you can't plug an NES into it. It doesn't have the ports for it. It's all HDMI. Right. Well, they're starting to sell It's all the- digital. So, like... I got a new TV upstairs, so I put my old TV downstairs, and then none of my shit would plug into it. My NES, Super Uh, Nintendo, my Genesis. So then I had to go buy an adapter off of Amazon so I could plug all these like old school inputs in it so I could then plug that into an HDMI port. It's come a long way. Man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, blowing into the cartridge was like the go-to... There was I don't I don't know how the fuck it even worked. I don't think it even actually worked. There, there's there's a video we could shoot that we could put on like our YouTube channel 
on all the social media platforms just put Marvin Gaye over us trying to get a Nintendo game to work. <laughs> I tell you, man, 8-Bit Foreplay. I, listen, foreplay. I will wear that shirt proudly, 8-Bit Foreplay. <laughs> that, coming soon to the uh, Nothing Good store. Which you should definitely bit, check out. 8-Bit Foreplay. That's a new t-shirt, Jones. That's we, just, we just got it. Yeah, that's absolutely. Just making a note. I'm making it's, a note. it's happening. I am designing foreplay, an 8-Bit Foreplay 8-bit shirt. 8-Bit Foreplay shirt. Trademark. So, speaking of 8-Bit Foreplay, what was your favorite 8-Bit experience? Do we want to go right to the favorites, or do what else, we? What, what else are we going to talk? Or about? do we want to work That's what we're our talking way? About, right? No, I know that, but I mean, do you want to work our way like from from like like five to one? Do we go right at one? I mean, are we skipping foreplay and just going right to the right to the main event? I'm, I mean, I'm always a fan of foreplay. So what did you got, man? So we we kind of had a couple conversations about how we wanted this episode to go, uh, dear sweet sweet Indian listener. Bye. That's a place in India, I think. But well, if it's not, you look like an asshole. <laughs> we just lost our India listener. Sorry, man. Or we gained two more. Or we, yeah, or we gained two that more. That 0.00000000625% of the country. 625. They are not tuning out. They're tuning back in. That's right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so we, you know, we, when we do these kind of favorite episodes, favorite 8-bit games and things, we kind of do a list of like five or three. We kind of toss an honorable mention out there and everything. So... Um, you know, being that Jeff and I were, were probably more of the Nintendo persons, I think we have a, a slightly longer list than maybe Jones has. Uh, so, um, I'll go ahead and kind of start. Jeff, do you have an honorable mention? Did you put an honorable mention with your list? I do. And, you know, if, if you look at the NES console, there were a lot of games. So, so many games. You know, I mentioned it came out in 86. It was discontinued in 95. The last... <laughs> The that's last, crazy. Uh, that's a long, that's a long ass time for a console uh, to be in circulation. Seven hundred and sixteen officially licensed games. Uh, Many of which, and then there's the unlicensed ones. Correct, uh, and you you can know you'll know the unlicensed ones because back in the day, and probably still today, apparently from what developers say, it's a pain in the ass to work with Nintendo because they want still control. Is over everything so like even if they wanted their title or their license to be on the nes they had to pay licensing fees to nintendo so if you see a standard gray cartridge uh then they went through the process uh if you see a black cartridge or a cartridge that is round instead of like jagged corners Hmm. or uh there's a number of like unlicensed games that were like off color cartridges uh those did not go through (laughs) The, the normal uh, Nintendo protocol to get uh, published or developed. Uh, they so just like did it their own way. My, my uh, mauve-colored NES cartridge of Astro Kid is not licensed to Nintendo. No, <laughs> no, it is not. It is oh, not. Well, it is shit. not. Uh, so if you think of, you know, over 700 games, that's a lot of fucking games. And, you know, we're trying to narrow it down to, you know, some of our favorites. There were so many bad games. Oh, there's a so ton. I, I maintain there's got to be for every 100 bad games, there's one good game. Yeah, that's that's safe. Means assumption. there's only like yeah. seven good games. <laughs> that's, which that's which, a pretty safe assumption. Which, when you go back to like the 19, like late 80s, early 90s, you didn't know if a game was going to be a good game or bad game. No, you had Nintendo Power Magazine, which you hoped would give you the, the right information about. When did a game. Nintendo Power even start? I didn't start fucking with Nintendo in the Power until well, until like well it was into in the 90s. 90s. Right, I had. Now you did get the option, I, and the only re- it's funny. The only reason I even knew about a boy and his blob, or I'm jumping ahead a little bit, it's because I owned a a singular book 
that had a ton of Nintendo. It wasn't like a like a magazine. It was just like a book that I guess I convinced my parents to buy for me. <laughs> you got it some book fair at school. Yeah, it, or something. And it had a ton of just Nintendo games and tips and tricks in it. And there was a ton of games that I'm like, oh, man, I, I want to play that. It looks really cool. And it's funny uh, because A Boy and His Blob was on your list. Jumping ahead yet again. But having never actually seen it, but only seen pictures. Yeah. And now having watched an entire Let's Play of it because I hate my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a really clever game. Yes. It yeah. actually is incredibly yeah. clever. And I wish I'd have played it when I was a kid. I wouldn't play it now, obviously, but yeah. Uh, but anyhow, sorry. I had to just yeah. throw that in there. Yeah, so narrowing it down, like for me, I'm a Nintendo loyalist. We've talked about this. It's unfortunate. Uh it's not. It is. And I'm a so, Nintendo yeah, Nintendo. so like narrowing it down to five for me was, you know, a bit of a challenge. I know what, you know, my top three are, my top three all time. Uh, but there were like some that I wanted to talk about, like Metroid and Castlevania and fucking Bionic Commando, which is a fantastic game. Uh, but I wanted to narrow it down to just five that we're going to talk <laughs> about. And then also an honorable mention. And Herb alluded to it. Uh, my honorable mention is called A Boy and His Blob. Now, it's a really sort of weird game. Um, it is. And it's one of those things like... I remember like loving this game, even though I don't think I ever completed it as a kid. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, as we were prepping for this episode, uh, you know, as we go back and watch like playthroughs and stuff, I'm like, man, these, some of these games fucking suck. I don't know why I liked it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing else to compare it to. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this particular game is one of those. Uh, it's a very weird game. Basically, uh, the game is called A Boy and His Blob Trouble in Boblonia. And... It's basically a boy and a blob uh, working through the world, and you can't <laughs> just try to make it. There's no actions. There's no jumping. It's like a half platform, half puzzle game, and there are basically the premise is there are I don't even know the number. Probably a hundred different flavors of jelly beans, and each flavor jelly bean gives the blob a different function yeah so yeah Yeah. so like one turns them into a ladder one turns them into a trampoline one turns them into an umbrella so you can jump off a cliff uh and it the absurdity of it and it's so simple and i and i remember as a kid like we had it and you know you can't save a lot of games right back in the nes days so like you'd be playing it for a few hours and feel like you're not getting anywhere and i don't think i ever completed the the game in its entirety but it was such a unique experience because, you know, most of the games that were out were action type platformers, you know, sports games, stuff like that. Um, but I remember spending a lot of time playing this game and really like it's sort of intriguing when you're trying to figure out the puzzle piece of it because there's no map. There's not really a guide that says, hey, here's, you know, all the jelly beans and what each of them do. Like you basically have a notebook and you start writing stuff down. So like you remember uh, what the old days. So, right so you like down. you remember like what's what, um, but it, and you know I I watched a replay of it and <laughs> and one of the things is like, the song it gets stuck in your head, like the the music to the game, but I think if you play through the entirety of the game it's I don't know, a few hours, it's the same, fifteen second song. Over and over and over and over and over. It never changes. Um, But it was such a unique title, uh, you know, compared to 
a lot of the other games that are on my list. It was ambitious for what it was trying to be. Yeah, and it was so unique. And it's weird because, like, once I saw the name, I went, that doesn't... Because when we, in our little text group, I I saw the the, the name of the game, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. And then I I, I Googled it first, and I saw the first screenshot, I went... I always wanted to play this. I yeah. remember this. It's a fun game. And then it I is fun. And game. then to sit down and watch it and go, this is so much more than I thought it was. <laughs> like it was just, I, I just, it's weird to have this in in your head for decades. What you think a game yeah. is gonna be, and then you finally sit down and watch the gameplay, and it's nothing like I thought. Yeah. And it was really ambitious and and very creative because yeah, you know, you're not yeah, shooting it was anything, different. Yeah, you're not platforming really. Everything that you do is because of your your blob who helps you do things. Yeah, a blob and from you outer have to space. Feed him first, and yes. then that, and then he becomes like a little portal you can drop down, or becomes a bridge for you, and just yeah. random stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was real random. And I guess they made a a remake. Uh, in the early 2000s, like a modern day remake, uh, some indie developer made it. Um, I never played it, but uh, I think it was worth bringing up that game just because it was so sort of out there. It was very out there. Um, but it was, it's a fun game. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about with the Nintendo system that it made a lot of things possible that were not possible before with yeah. other types of, of video game systems. You know, Atari was very limited on what kind of games you could really play. A lot of it took place on one screen. You know, games like Pac-Man and Galaga and things like yeah. that. There wasn't a lot of stuff moving around. You had Pitfall where, you know, you could start kind of moving no, around and things like that. But yeah. It's similar to Hellblade <clears throat> where all you can do is walk during yeah. parts of the game. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks a lot better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the experience but, is a lot better. But Nintendo, you know, the, the, the playing field opened. Like the sandbox became a yeah. thing. And, you know, what kinds of different games could really kind of come up with uh, because of what the computing capacity was. Yeah. And um, that game was certainly, I mean, I remember playing it. It wasn't one that I owned. I think my buddy Bill had it. Maybe Mike Aniscavich had it. I can't remember who, but we played that game and it was just, it's just wild because again, you know, there's no, this is what you're supposed to do with the blob. And these are all the things you can, you just have to figure it out. And that's part of the fun of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also like a pain in the ass. Like, because you had to scroll through the, like, hit select and scroll through the menu of, like, all the different jelly beans that you've collected. Yeah. And you can't just, like, open up a menu and pick it. It's literally, like, every time you hit it, it just scrolls through one at a time. Mm. Yeah. It's like, this is so fucking tedious. Like, like, as now, a child, you were, like, I, all yeah. about it. Yeah. You're like, this is a great way to just, you know, kill a few hours. Now it's like, oh, this is annoying. <laughs> Why did I like this as a kid? <laughs> I feel like, and that's an interesting point, gaming, you know, in the 80s, um, it functioned as a way to kill time. And like, yeah, there might have been some very bare bones story involved. Like, oh, you saved the princess, or like, you know, my favorite, like, you know, uh, ghouls and ghosts. Uh, was it goblins and ghouls? Is it ghouls and ghosts? Ghosts and goblins. Ghosts, ghosts and, and goblins. goblins. I'm never gonna get it right. <laughs> that game, we're like, yo, my man is about to get diggy diggy with this this this, this maiden. And then like <laughs> she gets abducted. Yeah, she gets abducted to go. That Satan. is like the most real. <laughs> motivation yeah. and and story yeah. in any nintendo game i've ever actually yeah. seen when um, satan when satan steals your girl you're gonna fight some especially when you were about to, i mean you were listen, the you're coin, naked yes yeah, the coin purse was out you were about to go to town <laughs> you know pound town population you bro was about to happen yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah. satan at a perfect time 
Yeah. Satan takes yeah. your takes go, your demon takes your chick. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk and about that. And you were about yeah. ready to murder an entire like catalog of mythical creatures <laughs> in order to get your dick wet. But yeah, so those games. Is there any more crater motivation? <laughs> precisely in this world than my that? point. But yeah, the, but those games I think were they, they existed to kill time. Games now, man, like exist to like make you think, and make you feel, and make you question. Yeah, you got to commit. You have to commit, and it's weird because like when we were kids. You know, I know we've all had, I know you motherfuckers who are listening had this experience at least once, you know, if you're old enough to, you know, when you're playing a game, you know, it's a weekend or it's a, you know, it's not a school night or it's whatever, it's summertime and you're playing a game, you've been playing it all afternoon, maybe the late morning, early afternoon, and you, mom's like, yo, go outside for a while, like, you need to go outside, and then you go outside, but you've paused that motherfucker because you were going to beat Double Dragon tonight. You were going to do it. You've not done it yet. You've been working on it. And you come home and it's just off. Yeah, there's no there's no save file. <laughs> and yeah. like and your mom's like, yo, I had to I, I had to I had to vacuum. And you're like Yeah. But you could have just kept it on. Yeah. Like what? There weren't power strips at that point in time. There's one plug. <laughs> there was one plug some shit. And the Nintendo was on the chopping block was. every single time. I have very vivid negative memories and emotions about my mom unplugging the Nintendo, turning that some bitch off. Do you pay the electric bill? No, I don't. Oh, and that is the equalizer because you got nothing. Yeah, on there's, yeah, no, there's no comeback yeah. to that. You don't even know what an electric bill is. You're just like A, B, up, down, left, right. That's what I got. Yeah. I'm gonna go back outside. <laughs> you know, you it, said you want me to go outside, right? I'm gonna go out gonna there go right out. now. You know, it's, it's. I'm just gonna get yelled at otherwise. Yes. It's funny that you say that, Jones, because in my household, we had a very strict limit on what you, how long you're allowed to play the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo when we got into that world. And it was an hour. That's not a good time to do anything. It was a very strict time limit, um, you know, and it was in the morning because it's like, all right, you wake up, you know, maybe nine. I, I was I was a sleeper like Jeff. I think your kids are sleepers, too. Mm-hmm. So I would I would usually sleep in pretty late. And, uh, you know, Mike Aniskevich. Uh, my my childhood best friend, um, you know, my mom babysat him for the first 11, 12 years of his life. And Mike had Nintendo time when I was sleeping. So his hour was like from 9 to 10 when he'd come over to the house. Then I'd wake up and my time was 10 to 11, eat lunch, get the fuck out. And then you're outside playing until your dad comes home and yells for you because it's dinner or the streetlights are coming on. And I don't want to see you unless you have per- like gushing blood or bones <laughs> protruding from your body. And those kind of happened a few times or pretty close too, and I would still get in trouble for that because how dare I interrupt my mother because I fell out of a tree. <laughs> and and, and someone's like, they fell out of a tree. You hurt pretty bad. And she yelled at me, why did you fall out of the tree? This is getting <laughs> Didn't you tell a, that tree this not, is not to drop you? This yeah. is turning into a therapy session. I'm sorry. Um, but we only had about an hour, maybe an hour and a half tops because, you know, video game time was in the morning. And then sleepovers. That was the other time that you could play video games whenever you wanted to. Real quick. Keep, hold that thought. Holding it. it. I've been, for the last 50 or so minutes, trying to think of what my dad had me dig. It's an off-camera conversation we were having about our childhood memory. You just remembered? A cesspool. That's what it was called, a cesspool. No. Anyhow, as you were, Dave. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i've been thinking about it someday all this we'll explain time. that for that'll now be, that's gonna be the introduction to the next episode of the podcast <laughs> her doc's cesspool conversation yeah, a retrospect it's a cesspool my dad will pretend never happened but it fucking happened. Jones. 
Yeah, but like sleepovers were the other time where you could really have infinite video game time. And that was one of the things that, you know, I don't know what kids do with sleepovers nowadays. Probably just watch videos of shit on tablets and stuff like that. But, you know, the big thing that you would do is you go over to somebody else's house that had a whole different set of games than you did. And you'd be exposed to things you never thought were cool before. Or you should get to try things. Uh, or maybe if you were really lucky for a sleepover, you'd be able to go down to the video store, rent a game, maybe get a movie, right? Until, like, my dad would come down at 3 o'clock in the morning and tell us to shut up and I'll go to bed. Yeah. You know, he's sleeping. Yeah. Right. In full tidy whiteies, by the way. Well, that's how know, dad's rolled back in the Dad's days. had no shame. Undershirt, yeah. tidy whiteies, world to just expose to everybody, you know? And we all grew up sort of fine, I guess. I don't Did know. Did we, though? Probably Because I don't do that. <clears throat> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> so that tells me. I'm surprised, Jeff, yeah. you don't have, like, a, a, t- a white t-shirt and just tidy whiteies so you can't torture your kids the way that you were tortured <laughs> yeah, by your uh, dad back in the day. That's true, but I don't. No, I keep the pants on. Yeah. But it, going back to sleepover, so you're asking what kids do now. They will all be on their phones or their tablets playing the same game together in the same room, but they're all in the same room. At least they're so, gaming together. So they're, they're not really even talking. They're just head down in their devices. Yeah. Uh, but they are gaming still. It's, it's just, uh, it's just a lot just different, different than it used than, to be. Than, yeah. You're not, everybody's not staring at the same TV, like yelling and telling you what to do kind of yeah. deal. But. Yeah. Ah, the old days. So, um, my honorable mention, uh, as we're kind of getting down the, the rabbit hole here. Um, and this was one of the first games we bought for the Nintendo system that I remember came out in 1987 was a gem of a video game called wizards and warriors. Uh, now, Wizards and Warriors is, as you said, Jones, this is one of those games that is your basic video game template. You're a knight, there are princesses, you have to save damsels in distress from monsters that have invaded your kingdom, kind of a deal. Um, and this game is an interesting kind of gameplay because you're just a knight in regular armor and you're going through the land slaying beasts and monsters and things like that. Um, but the thing that really kind of sets this game apart for me is the soundtrack. Um, now if you don't know the soundtrack to Wizards and Warriors, everybody, it's a total fucking banger. It, it really, really is. Um, it's one of the things that even to this day, it's the, it's one of the most iconic soundtracks to me in video game lore. And <clears throat> it's one that you probably don't really ever know of or think about, but the, as, as Jeff said, when you're playing uh, a game where the music is the same song over and over again every 15 seconds, having different levels and things where things change really, really kind of lends home. And um, I just love this game, I think mainly because of the music. And I liked it so much, I would just play the game over and over again. Mm. And it was hard to kind of always get through. Because when you die, you know, you're starting over at the beginning of the level. And, you know, if you keep dying enough, you get to the point where you shut the game off, you want to try something else, right? right? Um, but, uh, but this was just kind of one of those games you, you had to collect gems throughout the level. What Nintendo gave me, almost every game I swore you had to collect gems or coins of some sort. That was like the thing. Uh, because in, in video games at this point in time, everybody too, a high score was still apparently important. Yeah. Although you couldn't save it, so it didn't didn't really matter. Very few games you (laughs) You could actually save anything. Yeah. Yeah. In the arcade, it mattered at home did not uh but you, you'd have to go explore these levels because there were doors that you couldn't open and there are treasure chests you couldn't open unless you had a certain type of key that was the color of the of the of the chest or the door and you'd have to kind of go through the level and do it in a certain order 
your character did have power ups. You know, you would get the uh, the the flower of or the leaf of uh, or the feather of levitation, uh, or the potion of levitation, and the and the uh, flat the feather would help you like kind of glide in these levels where you had to your character had to drop, and if you drop far enough, your character could like die. Um, but it was just a really interesting kind of like old school two-dimensional side scroller but it was really interesting and fun and i i just uh when i think back in nintendo i have such fun memories of playing that game it was probably one of the first games i ever beat too um but uh that's pretty cool that's yeah, pretty cool yeah yeah so um it, remi- it reminds me of like gauntlet yeah like the arcade version of gauntlet because uh, it's it's that same sort of vibe just you know presented a little differently yeah and you get these potions, and when the potion music kicked in, that was the that was the fucking that was the number one hit of that game. <laughs> and some of the potions would help you jump faster, would help you be like invisible or invincible uh, to do different things in the game. But um, and there's some cool like level villains that you had to beat too. Nothing like crazy, but like monsters and shit. It was just a really fun game. If you ever get a chance to go back and play that one, everybody? It, it was the first of a trilogy. Um, of, of two other games that were really not as good <laughs> as <clears throat> that one. That's how it usually goes. Yeah. No. But, um, but yeah, it's the first of a trilogy of games and, uh, definitely, uh, one of my, one of my faves. Okay. What'd you say it was called? Wizards and Warriors. Never heard of it until today. Yeah. All right. I'll keep that in. <laughs> Dude, listen, I, um, like I said, I, I, I own maybe, I feel like at maximum I may have owned seven, like actually owned seven Nintendo games by the time I, I jumped into the uh, Sega Genesis, which was in 1992. So yeah. it wasn't that much Yeah, it was a small window. Yeah, for me. Uh, but all my almost all my Nintendo experience game time was like via renting. Uh, Best Video and Manhattan Video, all on Penn Avenue in Wilkinsburg. Uh, and the Midnight Listener can, he can correct me on this because, you know, he would know just as well as I do, but... They were a lip. I would say they were probably like a block and a half away from each other. They were. I always thought it was fascinating that they were so close. You could like walk to the the next one like a minute and a half. But um, but the nice part about because we had my parents had memberships of both. Yeah. So, but they each had different games. Like th- so, the the luxury was I could go to between each one. You know, when I was allowed to rent a game and rent it for the weekend. But anyhow. I was trying to think of earlier the, the the third game that I got for Christmas when I got my Nintendo and I just clicked finally. Paperboy. And that is my shout-out. It's a good game. Uh, because when you're a kid and you have only three games to play, technically four if you count the Duck Hunt Mario bit, but you only have three games to really play, you're going to play the shit out of those games because yep. you have nothing else. And Paperboy, which I barely remember. I know I liked it, but I barely remember... It, but I remember the potholes. I remember the dogs. But I remember <laughs> again a game that was very addicting. You know, like it would. You know, you. you I mean, it's paperweight. Exactly what it sounds like, ladies and gentlemen. Like you're delivering fucking papers. I know that's actually pretty boring. But if you are the paperboy yourself, you're dodging uh, mailman. I think. Yeah. You're yep. dodging cars. You're dodging uh, the potholes. Dodging dogs. dogs. Uh, I think that was it. Maybe birds. But what? I don't think there were any birds. Uh, yeah. One thing that. Always reminds me of Paperboy. Did you guys ever play Back to the Future on the NES? Yeah. Yes. So in between like the actual like story levels, you're basically just like walking up the street very much like Paperboy. And you're dodging puddles, puddles. manhole covers, guys randomly carrying around like panes of glass and dogs. 
and it really serves zero purpose whatsoever, but it's like a direct ripoff of Paperboy. Mm. And Paperboy gets a lot of accolades, you know, uh, for what it was for the time. It's a fun game. It's a good time killer. It's, yeah. My, I, like all Nintendo yeah, games. There's not really a purpose except for delivering papers. Delivering papers. But it's, it's fun. You guys are missing the best part of Paperboy. And that is not actually delivering the papers to the mailbox. It's throwing them through people's fucking windows. That's so that right. You do, yeah. That was the that. best part of that game. <laughs> was the destruction of public yeah. property. The 8-bit glass shattering oh, sound. Oh, the best. That, that's what she did. You just went ahead and and when we were playing the game, it was more fun to just destroy the neighborhood that's than it was right. to actually deliver the papers. I forgot about throwing it through glass. I forgot all about that. But yeah, so it was it was a fun game. And I, I will give it a shout out because it was one of the original three that I that I owned and had no choice but to play because I had nothing else to play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my, no, that's that's awesome. my shout out. Yes. Yeah, it, was, it came out like 1984. I think it was on out for a, a, like another yeah, was, console yeah, or a, that was an early one. Was it like was it on Atari first? Maybe I'm not even sure, but yeah, I don't recall. But um, so okay then. Uh, were, were, did you do your shout out yet? Yeah, you already did yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, we are we are going. I guess you guys are doing your top five. Yep. Yeah. As you were, because I have no five or four. It's so right. well, <laughs> Jeff and I will volley a little bit, Jones and. Yeah. Do you want to go through your five, and then we'll just sort of go round robin? Do you want me to do my top five, or do you want to do five, then four, and then three, two, one? Either or. Don't matter. Um, <clears throat> well, let me go with my, my number five. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's only one true way to introduce number five in my list. And that's by saying up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a start. The most iconic code... In the history of, of gaming. Still referenced in a whole lot of pop culture a shit today. A whole lot of pop culture shit has appeared in a number of other games throughout the years. And for those of you that that live by the code, um, know that it is from Contra. I like how you looked at your notes like you forgot what game it was. <laughs> you did a little bit. <laughs> you I'm, hesitated there. I'm, I'm, like I'm, everybody knows it's fucking Contra Day. No, I was, I was gonna, I was thinking of saying something else kind of clever to it, or but I decided not to at that point. I was stalling for time as I was processing in my mind on that one. Um, Contra um, always reminded me of the movie Predator, um, which you know you weren't really doing, you weren't doing movie tie-ins to a lot of video games at this point. You know, think you know, you mentioned Back to the Future. Batman. Oh, yeah. Kind of famously. But, you know, a lot of video games were still really not licensing from... You didn't have those tie-ins like yeah, you do today. that OG Batman game was right. pretty fucking good. <clears throat> but when you look at the cover of Contra, the dude clearly is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the other dude is clearly Billy from Predator. You know, the, the, the Native American, you know, tracker. Um, and Contra is just a game where you're two commandos going through the woods. You're fighting commandos and then it slowly starts to turn into aliens. To everybody's surprise. To no one's surprise. <coughs> Sorry, guys. That's all good. <clears throat> um, but yeah. And, you know, your weapons start as machine guns, and then as you start to uh, progress through the game, your weapons upgrade into better weapons, and, you know, you're basically implementing, like, an alien abduction <clears throat> or an alien invasion in the middle of the woods. Which is Predator. Yes. Just without a Predator. Without a predator. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and I love this game. 
And the, the, the cheat code was something you do at the beginning of the game because um, you died easily in this game often. And it was also fun, too, because you can you play this game two players at the same time, which is also something that's a lot of fun. Because there weren't a lot of Nintendo games where you could play two people at the same yeah, time. You know, it's like usually you said, alternating. You're always alternating, and a lot of it's turn-based. Even Super Mario Brothers, when you die, player two kicks in. That's and, right. <clears throat> but this one, you're playing simultaneously, and you're working together in tandem, uh, which is, again, something you didn't do in a lot of Nintendo games at this point. But you oftentimes had to. Uh, but you died very easily in this game. So the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start uh, is going to give you 30 lives. Now, <clears throat> when you first start playing the game, you need all 30 lives because you're going to die a lot. But as you get better at the game, you can then start to really fuck around in the game. Because, you know, you maybe don't need 30 lives. Maybe you need just 10 or 15. <laughs> Only. <clears throat> so then you have a lot more fun. But you can also steal lives from your other guy, too, which is another fun aspect of this game. You know, he's got four lives left. You have one. You just take one of his lives if you want to keep playing. Um, but it, it, was a, it was a fantastic game. A um, lot of fun, spawned a lot of sequels, a lot of games that are still versions of it played today. Uh, I actually think coming up, I don't know if it's been released yet or not, but <clears throat> they've been doing a lot of like retro uh, gaming releases on the on like Nintendo Switch and stuff of collections. You know, uh, that's been for other systems too. We had the uh, Ninja Turtle collection that just came out recently, the Castlevania collection, and they're going to be doing a Contra collection coming up here too, which will kind of combine... <clears throat> the 8-bit games, the 16-bit games, Game Boy games and such uh, to be able to play uh, now on the, the, the modern systems. Um, but it's 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 a great game. It's one that uh, anytime I go down to visit Mike Anaskevich in D.C., there's usually two Nintendo games we'll play all the time, Bases Loaded <clears throat> and uh, Contra. And uh, it's, it's, it's got great playability, still plays well today. Just a, just a fantastic game. Yeah, it's a it's a classic platform shooter. Uh, you know, it made shooters popular. You know, if you really think about it, uh, and like you mentioned, it's one of the few games, you know, at least for the time where you could play together, uh, which was super fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know what, Contra was a, a at another friend's house game because I didn't I didn't have it, but I played it quite often, and I do recall very vividly just sort of like getting towards the end of the game and uh, getting weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder <laughs> and more and more like there's aliens and now it's like yeah. it's, it's not what you were playing before uh and so i went back and you know watched a quick playthrough a few days ago and i'm like i do remember the boss that massive heart thing yeah whatever the fuck that actually was yeah and then like and yo it's funny because that means to me that i beat the game because i remember vividly the fuck the end the helicopter flying off and like the like, there's like a bomb going off or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. It's the and end of that's Predator. The end of fucking Predator. Yeah. I'm like, how was this the end of Predator? <laughs> yeah. Yo, so in yeah, my mind, nuke it at the end. And this take this any which way you want, uh, but Contra, having now gone through and watched it again, it it reaffirms it is the like, it is the Mike Bay of of, of eight bit gaming. <laughs> it is. You know, what? I'm it's not just, even... that's fair. It I'm, is really it's pretty is, accurate. It's yeah. full on pure chaos. You're just shooting things for the sake of shooting things. Uh, and that's okay, because it, 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 it needed it to be. And it really launched that genre of games, as you said. It's one of the first games where it's a testosterone-fueled 80s movie video game. Yeah. You know, it's it's Rambo, it's Commando. Yeah, it feels like Predator. an action flick, yeah. <clears throat> it's an action flick, and, and the whole purpose of action flicks is, you know, just dropping mass destruction 
and annihilating, you know, aliens. So, boom, we got that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, hopping over to me, my number five is uh, a game that I love, uh, but I also hate at the same time. <laughs> but I also hate. And that is the one and only Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, oh. which Jones mentioned was one of his first <clears throat> games that he owned. Uh, I love the Ninja Turtles, and I love this game, but this is the most frustrating game I've ever played in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, everything's going smooth and fine until you get to the dam, and then you got to go in the fucking water. Uh, everything And changes. you keep getting electrocuted, and you're drowning, and you're like, oh, I only have one turtle left, and then you don't. <laughs> Once they're all and you're like, dead. This is fucking terrible. Yeah, in the game, you don't have like multiple lives and things like that. No, you got four, you got four, four turtles. turtles. That's it. And you can switch between your turtles as you go through the game, if I remember correctly. Yes. And, um, you know, as, as you're playing as Leonardo, he <laughs> starts to, you know, cuck. We all know what he does. <clears throat> we do. Oh, you know what you do. You know, you know what you're doing, Leonardo. You dirty, you know what you you did. dirty, dirty fucking turtle, you. Um, I got real weird. You know what's going to get really much weirder? You know, when you picture Leonardo cucking in the corner, you know turtles have huge dicks? Like, really big turtle yes, dicks. Yes, I'm aware of this, yes. Yeah. Watch it goes on YouTube, everybody, when you get a chance and uh, check out anatomically correct Ninja Turtles. Somebody did a a, a, a the intro. It's fucking fantastic. I did not know about this, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Know it's about it's this. in the theme of the cartoon, the animated series, like the Ninja Turtles cartoon that we grew up with. It's in that theme, anatomically correct Ninja Turtles. And then it's like the discipline is like now we're gonna get to the point where we talk about turtle dicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's phenomenal man you guys gotta check that i might even play that for you guys after we, we finish recording this but uh, boy. um but yeah so y- you can switch between your characters and then this way if like leonardo's close to dying you can switch over to donatello switch to Raphael, and and you know you, you there's basically... also points too like uh one of the early levels is like you're in this like two-story warehouse and if you ha- if you're using michelangelo or Raphael, like your weapons don't have the long range that you need to be able to hit the guys on the other side of the crates and the boxes. Yep. So like you're constantly switching back and forth. But that fucking damn man. So, you know it's funny. <laughs> I you know it's I, it is such a cool feeling to know that you can go your whole life. You can go 23 years of your life not knowing that you feeling that you were alone with this issue. Uh and then you meet people like-minded people people who don't look like you didn't grow up in the same place as you didn't have the same experiences as you but they all had this one unifying experience (laughs) that fucking level where it's like look it's not the timer it's not the electric jelly fucking fish or whatever the fuck those things are in the walls it's not the the weird electric barriers it's all of it it is and it's on top of that it's the weird janky controls because you're floating yeah. up and yeah. down and you're yeah you can't really down. control it you it's all and then as a little because you're a little kid mind you you're like seven years old you're trying to just fucking make this thing work adults then, couldn't figure this shit and out the, and the timer's <laughs> going so this anxiety setting <laughs> yeah can, it's just panic what's well, the other yeah, sheer panic too, is that there's a timer going on on this whole thing too so this entire thing you're doing is timed yeah because it's all going to explode if yeah. you don't and it's and it's 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 is it the hardest level in the history of video games, guys? I don't know. No, for, it's one of the most frustrating. For uh, <laughs> for a fucking amphibian that lives in water, <laughs> it sure is real hard to swim. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, you know what? 
true words have not been said today. Uh, yeah, so I... Um, but I, I love this game. I I know for a fact I never beat that game. Yeah, I, I never did. Watching a Let's Play of it leading up to this, there are levels I never saw before. And I'm like, oh, what <laughs> is like, oh, this? That's, that's what's after that. What I never knew. Do this? That, yeah. Son of a bitch. That's, that's why this game didn't make my my top five because I, 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 I never got past that level. Yeah, but like the action <laughs> is good. Like it's cool when you're driving around the van like going in between levels. But once you get to that point, you're like, fuck this game. And what's interesting is that for, for Christmas, I got the the Ninja Turtle collection, and that game's on it. So When do you plan on tackling that? <laughs> uh, after after I finish Hellblade. So, so um, never. <laughs> don't spit it out, Jones. Don't spit it out. Don't do it. It's coming out of his nose. That's not All right. Well, uh, um, well played. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, one, I, I, I actually do plan on playing that very soon. Thank you. um just because i just because i never beat it (laughs) because i never beat it yeah yeah so yeah so i mean and 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 since this is in my list so i mean it'd be redundant for me to talk about the exact same thing so i'll just chime in uh so i think what sold me on the game outside of the fact that my parents bought it for me um is the intro's fantastic still it's so cool it's so fucking cool you know but the best part is though having not beaten the game having I'm pretty confident never beat the damn before ever seeing the game progress further and seeing the end and you beat the game and Splinter's like, all right, you've excelled all the things I want you to do. I'm going to turn into a human now. He's a fucking human. Like, yeah, we could have done this at any time. Why did you choose now? You could have taught me how to be a ninja as a human. Why? What? what? It doesn't make any sense. And then April's like, yay, Splinter's a human now. Let's have pizza. Yeah. End of the game. What the? Yeah, I'm spoiled not, with not, gaming now. Not a big payoff. <laughs> no, and that's <laughs> for the theme. frustration that gets you oh to that God. point. That is a theme for Nintendo games. Unfortunately, yeah. is that the ending is always like, "Well, hey, you beat the game. Yeah, try again next." Oh, the best is when you beat the game and it's like, "All right, you did it. So start over. Another challenge awaits." What the fuck? No, I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> I just spent three. I'm not and a half going hours. all the way back there. It's starting I'm not over starting again. Over. Fuck you. No, no, no you i'm not starting over nintendo was all about the journey not the destination not the fucking payoff well you're right um so watching the playthrough actually there was things that like the player was doing that i'm like how did i not think of doing this there's a point when you fight and then this is just me my squirrely ignorance as a child but like when you fight rock steady i think it's rock steady um like you know you're you know you're doing your thing you're hopping around him and he's charging you this motherfucker jumped on the top of the fucking boxes and just, like, took the staff and just kept hitting him in the head. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You could do that? I can, you could do that shit? Well, god damn it. Um, but, but the game was great for what it was. And it was great because it was Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. It was great because you you got to be Raphael. You got to experience it. Yeah. You know, even though it was genuinely piss poor. Uh, you could, But for a first attempt, I thought... I think to this day that it's a great game. Yeah, it is like my number. Technically, it is like my number three. Probably. Yeah, I think yeah, that is your three. I think it's my third yeah. game. Um, and it it would be higher if it wasn't so goddamn frustrating. <laughs> uh, because I can tell you the exact point where everybody screws up. There's a point in which you get to the first bomb, everything's good. You get to the second bomb because there's eight. You get to the second bomb, okay. You get a little tricky. You gotta wait for the little beams to go by. But there's like two points in that level where it's just wall to wall those electric leaves or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck yeah. they are 
wall to wall. And there's so little room for error. And being a small child and not being great at gaming, by this point, you probably only have that turtle left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you're like, yeah, you oh, I can't be able fucked. to do this. I can't be able to do this. And you never do. And if you somehow manage, you somehow manage to get past that wall-to-wall section, there's one more. And you're not getting past that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But shout out to Ninja Turtles yeah, for for, for Ninja setting Turtles. us up to be able to deal with uh, disappointment, frustration, life. and failure in life. So thank you, Konami, for that. <laughs> Fuck you, Konami. Oh, that's true. How dare you put us through that shit? Anyhow, video, video games are why we're we're relatively well put together adults. <laughs> Fuck, I hope so. You know all the, all the different things that we had to endure as kids playing those the fucking frustration. Games. Oh, mom, you turned it off cool i only spent three hours on that but you know what here's to a point and i'll let you go to your number four next but i so watching these let's plays all these different games realizing that most of them can be beaten in like 40 fucking minutes yeah some of them are like oh my god yeah and i'm like how was i how was i that bad at this that i was spending hours on some of that was that was one of my favorite things when i I did some watch throughs also jones just kind of refamiliarize for games i couldn't play again that i don't have on on different systems and whatnot but i was reading the comments and that was pretty much the comment on every person's video was like how the i could get through this in 35 minutes what the fuck like almost every with the exception of like zelda yeah. And like one other game, maybe they're all like less than an hour. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like they're speed running it. No. They're just playing it. Yeah. And they're being smart about it. Yep. Not just jumping around like an asshole like we did as kids, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it put me in my place a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh, damn. Because like Ninja Turtles, like I'm pretty sure the Let's Play I watched was like 42 minutes. And I'm like, I I refuse to believe that I could have done this in one sitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it. Anyhow, what's your number four, Mac? Uh, so um. Once we get into the Nintendo system, sports games start to really kind of take off. Um, it starts with the Nintendo Ice Hockey, which I wanted to really put on this, but I can't put that ahead of Blades of Steel, which is another great hockey game. You've got Nintendo Baseball, <clears throat> which then turns into Bases Loaded. you got Tecmo Bowl. These are all fine sports games that probably everybody listening has played at some point in time. But there was one sports game that stood above them all. And that involves a uh, <clears throat> family member of mine, because I didn't really know that. Uh, a lot of people often refer to me as Big Mac, you know, McDonald, right? Um, but Little Mac. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mike Tyson's Punch-Out as my, as my number four. Um, <clears throat> a, a classic, classic game. Um, you know, boxing, not really in the, the sports lexicon, but at this point in time when this game comes out, we have Mike Tyson's name attached to it. This is before a lot of shit. Because uh, now a lot of games afterwards just refer to it as Punch-Out. Mm. Not Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It's kind of like how golf games, it was Tiger Woods, you know, PGA Tour Golf, and now it's just PGA Tour Golf. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, the purpose of this game is you are an up-and-coming boxer. Little Mac. Little Mac. Little Mac, Mac man. In a pink tracksuit. That's all right. And uh, you have, uh, you are the underdog boxer. This is kind of a little bit of a Rocky type thing. Not a little bit. Well, yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot of it of Rocky. Um, But, uh, you know, you got to climb the, climb the weight classes and you got to fight some of the most iconic 
uh, boxing foes of all time. <laughs> Iconic <laughs> with serious air quotes. Uh, glass Glass Joe. That's the easier way into it. If uh, you, you can beat Glass Joe pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, you've got the Great Tiger, you've got King Hippo, you've got the Sandman, uh, and of course, as you're going through, the don't different... forget Soda Popinski. Oh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nationalities. That there's are, a, there's that are some things gone. going on there. There's a lot of representation issues. Issues, I think, is a good way to. Again, it's the '80s, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast should just be called dot dot dot. It's the 80s. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there weren't any rules in the 80s yeah, at yeah. this point. So, Soto Popinski, amongst others. And, uh, you know, you go all the way up until you achieve uh, greatness by defeating Mike Tyson himself, the, the heavyweight champ, who is almost impossible. Yo, he to, will one-shot you. To be yeah. in this game. <laughs> he will one-shot yeah, you. Not, it is not fair. You really have to, you really have to be good at this game. If you're gonna, if you get to that point to fight Mike Tyson, so I will say that my experience with that game, uh, as I played it consistent, not consistently, I didn't own it, of course, because I own fucking nothing apparently, but I did play it quite often uh, at families, uh, younger cousins who had it, and the one thing that the the that I began to master is the art of every single character has a like a tell, they have like their own little thing that they do. If you just time that shit, you can beat everybody. Yeah, Mike Tyson, he also had his own little. Uh, kind of like routine that he would do. The problem is every other character can hit you once and not destroy you. He, however, if you slipped up and got hit once, yeah, you're out. you were either knocked out or damn near knocked out, which was super uh, fucking unfair, which isn't even balanced whatsoever, actually. <laughs> which, I mean, what is balance in Nintendo games, obviously? Well, that game was great, man. I remember like yeah. the fucking... That game's a lot of fun. The, 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 the little training screens where you're... you're uh, Running in the my man's riding his bike or something yeah. in front of you. <clears throat> yeah, you had the they, they, Doc. Was his yeah, name. Doc was your Doc was your corner man. He was your he was your trainer, and uh, they they put montages in between uh, loading screens and everything as you went to different levels, um, which I, is which is fantastic, right? So they call me Mac. <clears throat> they, they call me Doc. They call you Mac. So maybe I should just coach you as a boxer. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really where we have to we have to get to, right? I mean. That's all that's left. That's all this is what we have. What else are we gonna do but, here? But the gameplay is is really relatively simple in the game. You've got, you know, basically jabs and you've got body punches. You shoot you punch with your left, you punch with your right, up, down, up, down. And then all you can really do is dodge and duck and block. And that's it. It's 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 really simple gameplay controls. Um, but just the way the game is, you know, you gotta basically get your your opponent down three times to knock him out. <clears throat> sometimes you've got opponents where it might be a TKO. Your opponents are trash-talking you in between rounds. Um, as your character is getting his ass beat, Little Mac more and more shows he's getting his ass beat. Mm -hmm. So the game does kind of recognize if your character is taking more shots than probably should for certain characters. Um, <clears throat> but again, an immensely popular game. It has spawned uh, several sequels. Not as many for Nintendo as I think should have. For what I consider to be a tentpole game for Nintendo, uh, you had Super Punch Out on Super Nintendo, and then a great version of Punch Out on Wii, which was a fucking aerobics exercise. If yeah, you guys ever played, because that you one. actually have to box. <clears throat> you actually have to box, which was with, fun with the Wii controllers, with the Wii motes in each hand. You know, you're sitting up there. Like my brother came to visit me one time, and he got really into playing um, Punch Out for the Wii, and like yeah, I would come upstairs, he'd be sweating bullets. <laughs> 
you know? Um, I think my brother dropped like 10 pounds playing that game in two weeks. So, you know, forget we Fit. Just play Punch-Out. <laughs> yeah, we got to really thank Punch-Out because it helped pave the way for so many great boxing games. First, yeah. whether they were more arcadey, like, what's it called? Like Rumble or Ready to Rumble or something or other, or like on Xbox 360. Ready to Rumble, I yeah. think that's what you're talking about. Which was a about. great game. But it was, but, but then like the my <clears> jam <throat> was like the EA boxing games. Oh, the games. EA boxing God games damn, are man. I, great. There was like a period where I was super into boxing games and I would get one the new one every year uh and like because you have like because the, as they got more and more realistic yeah. you're like you felt like you were in it yeah because you, yeah. you, you it was cool because you could you make your own your own boxer of course but you could pick from like your your your, your Macianos and your muhammad ali's and your vander holyfields and and you could really like take them and have dream fights you know there was a period you know and again any of our younger listeners who don't really understand there was like a period uh when we were little kids uh, in the 80s and 90s, where boxing was a very big deal. And we do was, owe yeah. most of it to Mike Tyson. <clears throat> Mike Tyson was a pay-per-view draw yeah. and a half. Yeah, he put that shit on the map. He genuinely legitimized boxing, which had been like kind of out of like the public view for a long time. Yeah, because, you know, at that point in time, Muhammad Ali wasn't... You know, really wasn't fighting anymore. No, he was like, without, uh, not at all. George Foreman retired. Yeah. You know, Joe Frazier was done. You know, a lot of those big tentpole boxing draws weren't there. Here comes this kid from Catskill, man. <clears throat> and he's fucking crushing He people. is the most... The, I, I will say there was not a person on this planet, bar maybe Chuck Norris, who was more dangerous than Mike Tyson for a stretch from like 1985 to like 1989. My man. That, that dude ate people alive. He looked... When I was and then in the kid, 90s, he literally did eat somebody. He, did, he did try to he eat somebody. He tried to eat somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Vander Holyfield. It was, a, it was a 97. Yeah, funny how that worked. Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson, that's make the episode about Mike Tyson, but Mike Tyson, I remember as a kid, like, he was intimidating looking. He looked like a, he looked like if a, if a shark was a human being. That's what he always reminded me of as a fucking human shark. Like, he was bloodthirsty. He would maul you. And, like, I, I remember as a little kid growing up, every little, all my friends, like, we wanted to be like Mike Tyson. You wanted to... You wanted to fight like Mike because he feared no man. And, you know, sure he had that voice he had. But that made it even more intimidating because you weren't going to call him on it. Because he'd murder you. No. That that dude was the greatest puncher in the history of sports. Dude was like built like a tank. <clears throat> and he would he would destroy your face. Yep. Uh, quite frankly. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is a great game. Great game. Yep. Many games I wish I owned that I could have played more, but... I think it was kind of good in a way that I didn't because it was like it made those experiences like, oh, I'm going over here. I'm going over my cousin David. So I'm going to I know I'm going to play punch out when I get yeah. there. Yeah. You know, you look forward to those sorts of things. Um, Jeff. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, my number four uh, goes back to our debate at the top of the show about Disney <laughs> theme songs, which uh, oh, is yeah. where this all stemmed from. Uh my number four pick for the NES is uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Chip, 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 chip. And there's, you know, there's this debate. Is it DuckTales? Is it Rescue Rangers? Is it Darkwing Duck? Whatever the case may be. Uh, for my money, uh, theme song notwithstanding, <laughs> uh, my number four pick is Rescue Rangers. Uh, the game is centered around Chip and Dale uh, trying to rescue... I think the girl's name is Mindy or Mandy. Gadget. Uh, well, no, the kid's cat gets stolen. Oh, is that what it was? Uh, which is a lie made up by Fat Cat. I remember <clears> Fat Who Cat. then kidnaps Gadget. 
Uh, and so your goal is to rescue Gadget as you work through the game. Uh, classic side-scroller, uh, fairly simplistic um, in terms of the overall mechanics uh, and the style of the gameplay, but it's just a super fun game to just like pick up on the fly. Uh, in my bar downstairs, I think Rescue Rangers is what I have in my NES console Nice right now. As we speak, yeah. right downstairs right now. Um, so it's just a fun game. And you know... There was a, a period of time where the, the Disney licensed games were like, that was a big jam for a lot of people. I think Rescue Rangers for the NES sold over a million copies. No shit. Um, well, so a Duck lot of people were playing that. <clears throat> I think DuckTales was the first one to really kind of hit in that market. Mm-hmm. You and played that, as Scrooge. Yeah. And um, which, which, no offense, Jeff, um, t- to me, it was DuckTales over Rescue Rangers and for the, for the NES for my money. But um, it opened the door. To let you know these other licensed marketed games come out, we, we we had quite a few that end up coming afterwards for Nintendo. Yeah, and it paved the way for like Lion King and Aladdin on sixteen bit oh, systems. Good games, Aladdin was so damn. And boy. actually, Lion King was uh, they had an NES port of the Lion King. That was the last NES game that was developed. Yeah, really? before That's like cool. they just shut down all the lines. But uh, those Disney licensed games were. Really fucking way better than they had any business being. No, they were. <laughs> and that's the thing that's kind of funny when you talk about this is that <clears throat> when you think about these licensed games, you're thinking they're marketing this to a specific audience. Yeah, no doubt. And that the gameplay, and, and, and I think for Rescue Rangers, the gameplay wasn't overly complicated. Mm-mm. Pretty simple. Um, but the appeal to so many people to play these games that, like you said, Jones, when we mentioned Aladdin and Lion King, those were just reported recently to the to the to the current gen systems that you could get as a you know uh, both games are on the same disc kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, just for people to go ahead and replay them because those games were so much better than they needed to be. Hmm. You know, um, and and you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I uh, I never played that game, but uh, I did go back and watch a playthrough of it, uh, and surprisingly simple uh, and very fast paced. Yeah, I did not. Ex- I guess I should expect it to be fast paced, but it was much faster gameplay. You know, pick up the boxes, jumping around, you throw the boxes. And, yeah. Uh, I think the playthrough I watched was like thirty two minutes. I was like, man, yeah, I wonder how fast Jeff short. beat that game. It's short. Um, not in thirty two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was thirty two minutes. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it looked cool, and I, I'm with Mac on that. Uh, I I well, and it's only because I, I I played Ducktales on Nintendo, and I really yeah. enjoyed it a lot. Um. But the game looked great. I mean, and, and you know, the fat cat was at the end, and he's—he is a really fat cat. He's—he's—he's he's, he's a fat pussy. So yeah, it, he lives up to the name. Yes, a nice suit. And the eight-bit version of the Chippendale Rescue Ranger theme song is a fucking banger. <laughs> yeah, the it's—it's it's really interesting how, <clears throat> for Nintendo, I think in particular, as you know from just listening to this fucking podcast and listening to our theme music, the eight-bit music was was a thing i mean it was it was super mario the super mario brothers work if the theme song for super mario brothers isn't quite what it is i mean does it add to it's it it's hard to tell um but like you have one opportunity to get that right and they nail it right and then you get to zelda they nail it these themes have i mean they, they make orchestras symphonies with this shit now because of how iconic certain like sound certain scores are, and so many of them have their root in eight bit games. Why are eight bit game soundtracks so 
fucking good. May I make a, a such? Oh, I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring on why I think that is. And I'm spitballing here because. Okay, so. Ape music is super simple. Obviously, there are no strings involved. There's no bass really involved. There's no dial. No yeah, it's vocals. Just MIDI keyboards. It's just very simple. But the beauty of that is that you can extrapolate that and make it greater. You can't make the theme song from, uh, since we just talked about Hellblade, better effectively because it's already as it is. It's peak. you can make a you can make a metal version of it. Sure, yeah. you can. You can. You yeah, can, there's iterations yeah, that you can make of but it. You but you can take something simple and make it more complex. That's I wouldn't say it's easy to do, but that's easier than taking something that's already complex and making it more complex. So I think that's why uh, MIDI music, uh, especially eight bit specific gaming music, is so so popular because you can take the theme song to Mario and put it just a guitar riff behind it, and that's it. You could take Legend of Zelda and just do drums. And maybe a little bass and maybe a little guitar or just do a piano. I mean, that's, I think that's why. I really think that's why because it's so simple that you can do anything with it. The canvas is so blank that you can add so many more colors and layers to it and textures to it. Yeah. And the other side of it too is just the nostalgia of it. Right. Right. Because yeah, it, yeah, it immediately sure. takes you, it immediately takes you back to a place. Yeah. What place? Childhood, man. All right, just wondering. Fuck. Do you do any of us really even remember the eighties actively? No, because I don't fucking remember. I just I have images (laughs) and emotions that I have, but I don't remember the eighties actively. It's weird that I don't. I feel like I should because I was born in eighty fucking two, but I don't remember. Yeah, you had had about seven and a half years there. I remember like I have images, and that's it. Yeah. Hmm. All right, let's get into number threes. All right, do you want to go with number three, Jones? Your number three was turtles. Yeah, we already so talked we already about it. All right, yeah. <laughs> Let's move the fuck on. Uh, my number three, uh, my favorite video game franchise of all time. Um, I have such love for this game uh, and for this series, uh, and it is the second in the series. You know, I think they 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 took the premise of the original and they built upon it, expanded the gameplay a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Mega Man Two. Ooh, that game had, was some serious shit. It, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> it had a lot going on for it being what it was. You know, you know, we 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 take the 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 the, the titular character Mega Man, who is an android, <clears throat> uh, for all intents and purposes. You know, as the game in the the legacy of Mega Man grew, it's kind of like a a human robot <clears throat> hybrid kind of a thing. But you know, you are uh, in this game. You are the uh, protecting the city from uh, the minions of Dr. Wily, who was vanquished in the first game. Good old Dr. Wily. Good old Dr. He Wily. Always so Wily. He always comes back. Uh, you know, Dr. Light is your is your creator. And, um, <clears throat> you know, you find yourself here in a world with uh, eight robot masters that you have to defeat. Not six, but eight. And, and the beauty of the Mega Man games, everybody, is the rock, paper, scissors quality to them, which is one of the things that always kind of appeals to me. Besides the gameplay, which is, um, it's a fast, they're fast-paced games, yep. um, very action-oriented. Um, you got to use some smarts in certain places. Um, but when you, when you play the game, you figure out that there's an order in which you're supposed to beat the characters. And um, 
you know, you've got eight bosses in this game. You've got Bubble Man, you've got Wood Man, Heat Man, <laughs> Wood Man, and Air Man. He is he is a fucking like just tree trunk with a face. Isn't there a Cut Man or something like that? <clears throat> uh, there is Cut Man's in the first one. Yeah, Cut, he's, Cut yeah, Man's in the first Mega one. Man one. Uh, Metal Man, Flash Man, Crash Man, and then we have Quick Man in this one. <laughs> Quick Man is very close to Cut Man. Okay. Uh, just he has a blades. Boomerang. His was a boomerang. The blade was Metal Man. Metal Man. Okay. Where you there actually we go. were throwing right. fucking metal like wood cutting blades at people. But that that thing in the game, because you got your regular blaster, but what but you have to go for Metal Man first because when you beat Metal Man, you get that blade and you can shoot that thing in every direction, up, down, left, right, and diagonal. Which is kind of the only weapon you can really do that with in this game. Um <clears throat> You know, so once you beat your eight characters, the, the 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 mystery portal opens in the middle, and you're going into the bad guy's lair. There's like another four levels in the lair. Um, brings back the blob, in that one famous from being the hardest fucking thing you ever had to beat in the first game. Blob's back, um, and that's not really the hardest even stage in this game, um, but it's 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 a it's a fantastic you know two dimensional side scroller, very action oriented. Uh, once you start to figure out the order in which you need to go, you know, Metal Man's weapon beats another character faster, and then you get that one, you go to the next level, and, and so forth and so on. This game also introduced in the Mega Man lore the precursor to Rush, uh, which show, famously shows up in Mega Man 3. But there are these different elements and upgrades that you have to get that'll take you through different parts of the game that you otherwise can't get through, or you can, but it's horribly difficult. Uh, like in Heatman's level, <clears throat> you gotta you basically have to go through this thing of fire, uh, and it's molten lava underneath. And if you fall and you hit it, you die. But the thing is, you have to jump through these flashing bricks. And if you don't get the order right in a couple points, it's really fucking hard to make the jump. You're gonna die. But when you beat a certain character in a certain order, you get a jet thing that you can go ahead and hit, and it'll take you across the whole thing without having to worry about jumping over the bricks. Um, and just gets you past the point even even faster. So, um, and for those that don't know, Rush <clears throat> is Mega Man's Mega Dog. He is his Mega Dog, right? Yes. Trusty sidekick for the uh, the future of the series as they yes. started introducing different characters. Um, great action, fantastic music. Mega Man games always have great music. Yes. Um, so good in fact that uh, when we go to different video game shows uh replay effects they were always there i think they're at the one that we paneled at uh bit brigade uh, uh, the lost episode <clears throat> no one will ever hear it does not exist anymore. it'll it'll pop up at some point <laughs> no it never will it's gone <laughs> yeah um but, technical uh, difficulties that day oh did we really lose the whole thing yes i i knew we lost part of it i thought no, there's still it wasn't that was recording salvageable. after a while like it stopped recording son of a bitch well, it's shame gone. on you yeah. for not being there. Yeah, next time, next year. Yeah, this year. where the fuck were you, India, when we needed you most? You weren't. You weren't <laughs> at the game. You weren't at the gaming con. That's for damn sure. No, you weren't. Uh, but next year, you know, this well, year, this year. That's October. right. Next time, book your travel plans, ladies and gentlemen. If yeah, we come to fucking Pittsburgh. see if they'll, you know, <laughs> maybe they'll bring us back. We don't know. <laughs> we haven't had those. Dial- we hope so. We haven't. Had, there, look, there are a lot of people that were working in that convention that came to listen to us talk. So I, I, there's some cred there. I feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a fantastic game. Yeah. yeah, I think the Mega Man franchise in general is just a great franchise. Um, the the replay value of it all, and I mean, look at how many iterations there are of Mega Man. 
all these years later. And then Mega, there's, I think there were seven versions of Mega Man that came out for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And then it went to Mega Man X. We got the Super Nintendo. And then there were five or six versions of that. And then you have, for the various different systems that have come since then, uh, you had the original creator leaving the franchise and they created Mighty Number no. 9, which is a blatant Mega Man ripoff. Yeah, I I, you know, I, wanted, I was going to bring up Mighty Number no. Nine because I followed its development from the very beginning. You you brought you turned me on to that, and when, when I it was first so excited because it was like, and I I don't remember if it wasn't a kick. I think it was a Kickstarter deal, and I followed it, and I was so excited because, you know, growing up being a Mega Man fan, I didn't play a ton of Mega Man games because I played Sega and so on and so forth. Uh, so I played Mega Man two and three. Those are only who's two, the only ones I ever played. Probably the two that you should have played. Yeah, that's the, fair. Two of the best. Yeah. And I was so excited for Mighty Number no. Nine to come out, and it was not good. It was not good. And it's such a bummer because it looked so good. It, it looked, looked like, like everything so you wanted it to be. Yeah. So I'm always gonna be salty about that, but I'm gonna, you know, so Mega Man Two. I didn't play Mega Man One, uh, but my little shout out to. And I want to bring this up at this episode. I'm glad it's a good opportunity to. So, you know, when you're young and you go to the the video game store, Toys R Us, the video the rental place, and you're looking at the different games, there's one thing that I think we can all agree upon: that the artists for the <laughs> the boxes uh, and uh, the cartridges went way too fucking hard for these these games. Yeah, Mega Man One. is like a, just some dude in a suit. Yeah, it looks it's, like Tron. It's Tron. And yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. there's like some woman yeah. with him. I think. Yeah. And almost all the games look like that. Yeah. Then you go to play Mega Man and it's really just a kid in a robot suit. And he's some little fucking child, basically, in a robot (laughs) suit. But it was like, it was like Liam Neeson in a, in like, in a a full on blue armor suit on, on the package. But like, like OG, like first and second generation Nintendo games, they all looked like that. They all had very realistic artwork because that's how they, they viewed it. But it was like that simple, like gray box yeah and then like the artwork that was like uh illustrated like graphic novel yeah! type artwork Way in the center serious. of the package Wiz- yeah. wizards and warriors and its iterations had like fucking conan the barbarian but it was thing was fabio <laughs> it was fucking fabio i bet it was like, fabio like in a loincloth i don't know and we... how to respond to that <laughs> <laughs> thank you siri on my watch um hey but she doesn't because nobody did no, yeah. watch it when you play the game in wizards and warriors you're just in regular armor the whole time You're it not, doesn't make any damn sense no, no sense whatsoever like I, I but i love that that was like the marching orders yeah yeah because it, it like make it look real make it look serious. and they all did they and then you played did. it and you couldn't even tell where the dude's eyes were yeah <laughs> it was like well here we are um but i just wouldn't have a shout out for the artwork of the people who did the, the illustrations but but to the to the point of the game uh Mega Man 2 was a great game uh i i played it quite often it was a rental, uh, and definitely never beat that game. But it was definitely a game that I put a sunk a lot of time into. Because I remember being, it was so cool getting upgrades and really yeah, and trying to figure that. out the order of it. And I don't remember, and like having never played the first one, I don't know that the first one had that upgrade system. Yeah, it was, did. Okay. Yeah. Um, every time, and th- and that's one of the cool things about Mega Man Two. If you've never played the games, and there might be three of you out there who didn't. Um, when you beat the bad guy, you get their weapon. Yes. Uh, and you get to carry that with you through the rest of the game. Um, and, and that's part of the fun of playing the game and, and where you're talking about certain games, like, uh, with, with, uh, the, the blob game, uh, 
where you had to kind of hit pause and you had to go through and <clears throat> it was a pain in the ass trying to cycle through the different jelly beans. This wasn't very difficult to pause the game and then switch through to find the different weapon you wanted right. to use uh, as you kind of went into the game. Uh, so, but again, that whole rock, paper, scissors element to it. And you would use your abilities in different areas strategically throughout the game, points where you really needed to. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, hit, flopping over to me. So, uh, my number three. Flippity floppity floop. Yeah, it happened. Flopping it right on the table. Uh, we're talking about Nintendo. So we would, uh, be remiss if we didn't, uh, bring Mario into the mix. Uh, so my number three game is also the number three Mario game. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, made ever so famous by F- Fred Savage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if you played the first Mario game, it's very, fairly straightforward. Uh, the second game, they enhanced the graphics, uh, made it a little more cartoony. Um, and then Super Mario 3 was sort of a game changer for them. You know, they made each of the levels was a map. Mm-hmm. You had to work through the map. They upgraded all the power-ups. When you went into the levels and started playing them, it was the classic, like, Super Mario Brothers 1 sort of side-scroller that you knew and you loved, uh, just amped up from a graphic standpoint. And they just did everything right in this game to sort of put Mario on the map. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting if you think about nintendo as a whole to like put your flag in the pocket of one character and like how do you how do you decide what that's gonna be and you're like let's make it a plumber like okay and a boxing referee let's not forget that mario was <laughs> refereeing was, those yeah levels. he was he was, he was the uh he yeah. was the ref in that in he had a side hustle yeah before so, side hustle was so a thing. To, <clears throat> to see how that evolved from you know the original mario brothers to Super Mario Brothers, which was the launch title that came with the NES for uh, most people who got the deluxe system. And then to see how it evolved up to Mario 3. And then if you look at Mario now, all the 3D iterations and Smash Brothers and the new movie that's coming out. You got a fucking new movie coming out. The 3D movie, not the shitty real life movie that came out. Which also came out. (laughs) Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, man. All day. Raccoon Mario all day. It could be... I mean, I would, I would, I would argue that it's possibly like the perfect Nintendo game for like, and and it's one of the games I owned because um, it was so damn good. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I didn't buy it. I'm pretty sure I didn't rent it. I'm pretty sure I just fucking took it. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think I think it was like a like a, a trade. It was like a trade. I traded somebody with it. Back when you traded games with people, like that was a thing you really did. Mm-hmm. You don't do that shit. Oh, uh, mainly because it's all digital, but. Your parents are all pissed that you did that. <laughs> you, you don't tell them. <laughs> you don't tell them shit. Um, but uh, Mario 3, if I remember playing it. Uh, I don't remember the first time I played it, but I remember playing it going, this is so good. Like, this is so mm-hmm. this is so much better. Because I rented Mario 2, but I own Mario 1. So I played the shit out of Mario 1. Played a little bit of Mario 2, but to go from Mario 1 effectively to 3 was such a, it's a big upgrade change. Oh, my God. The, the the music the the, the how vi- bright and vibrant it is uh you know the raccoon tail which makes no damn sense but we go with it because it works it's mario's birth world. of furries man raccoon ears and a tail could be it makes no actual sense uh but it makes more sense my little than, raccoon tail yeah it's more things. sense than a tanuki suit 
I suppose you're turns you into stone. You're correct. It's still Mario exists in such a strange little universe. <laughs> it does. Where things don't line up, but <laughs> no. we just go with it because yeah. he's a plumber and we can do it. But yeah, and they're pipes, which is the only connection to him being a plumber. It's the only one. That's it. And his suspenders, which isn't really in that much of a connection. No. Um, but it, for my money, it is my it is easily my favorite Nintendo Mario game ever. Period. Uh, small question. I feel like you and I have talked about this, and I'm pretty sure you've watched it. Jeff, have you ever seen Impossible Mario? I don't think so. Mac, did I ever show you Impossible Mario? Oh, I know all about Impossible Mario. Yo, it is. Yeah, it is. Without <clears throat> I not hyperbole aside, it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it's the first I think viral video I ever watched. That's how old this is. This was a video, so this was before Mario Maker. And I actually yeah. think Impossible Mario is why there's Mario Maker now. Maybe, maybe. I really believe there's a connection to that because of how that video blew up. Yo, so, to, to, this is to you, Jeff, and to the audience. If you've never witnessed or watched the Impossible Mario video, uh, please do yourself this. You you will be so, in, and you know, knowing you, Jeff, you'll be like, this isn't fucking funny. But... <laughs> <laughs> this- this sucks more this than Panic stupid. at the Disco. Uh, it's just this dude. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's playing like a PC version of Mario, but it was like modded hard. Oh, he modded it so hard. And it's super modded, and it's super impossible. And it's just his commentary of him trying to play this thing. I remember coming across it somehow magically forever ago, and I was in tears. His he's like some New York guy, like that accent. His he's just just flustered and just yeah. angry and agitated. This how awful and unfair this game is. And it is worth your time, audience. It is worth your time to watch Impossible Mario. It's on YouTube. I watched it recently because I was thinking about it. Like, what if, can I find Impossible? It's like 13 years old or something on YouTube. But it's fucking worth your time. Nice. Impossible Mario. Shout nice. out to whoever the fuck you were who made that video. Um, anyhow, yeah, Mario 3 is an excellent game. I love it. It's a really good choice. Same. There's so many good choices you could have made, but that's it's worth being on the list. Mario 3 is my is my number two. <clears throat> um, so obviously we're not going to spend a ton right. of time talking about that at that point because we're going to start getting to the point where we got a couple overlaps here at this stage of the of the episode. Um, now, guys, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Isn't Mario three really the first direct sequel to Mario? Because wasn't Super Mario two kind of not really a Mario game when they made it, but they kind of put Mario into the game and made it Super Mario Brothers two. I distinctly remember. Because of how different Super Mario Brothers 2 is from the rest of the franchise, that like that was supposed to be a different type of game, and they decided to put Mario into it in order to, and then made it a Mario game. Have you guys heard of Maybe. that at all? I, I had heard that. <clears throat> I feel like I Jeff could see will be that. The... Yeah. Um, because I, that was always the thing with me about Super Mario 3 is that I think it was, if I'm remembering all this correctly. And I probably should have did a little bit more reading about this before I brought it up. But hey, fuck, here we are. There we um, are. But, no, uh, I, that's because nobody talks about Super Mario Brothers 2. Right. And there's, there's I reason think why there's, it was a rental and not something yeah. that I actually or maybe that could, Or maybe that was maybe that was Legend of Zelda 2 Link. Because, again, like how different it is from Now you're just switching version. franchises. But it was one of those two. It's also two. a game that's not good. <laughs> I know. But it was one of those two. I think it was Mario Brothers. But, yeah, that's why it's so different. That's why, like, the, the bad guy at the end of Super Mario Brothers 2 was, like. Not was Bowser. It, yeah, it's like King Toad or something like that, or I don't yeah. even fucking remember. But that's my point. So this is kind of the first direct sequel we have to Super Mario. And when you look at like if you when you compare one to three, I mean it's leaps and bounds ahead. Oh, they, they level up hard. They leveled up real hard. Um and, and again, the one thing about Super Mario Brothers 3, last thing I'll say about it here, that that really applies today, 
is those levels when you're like the desert side of things and there's that fucking angry sun that's just dive bombing you the entire time you're going through the level. (laughs) I wrote, I forgot about the angry ass sun trying to murder you. Yeah. I'm like, holy, what, what is that? I I always throw out a video game version of stars being thrown at you. Yes. It's a video game version of skin cancer. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, um, but that like one of my favorite like things that I'll throw on social media when it's a really hot fucking day. It's like, do you remember that level in Super Mario Brothers when the Super Mario Brothers three when the sun tried to kill you? That's today, right? <laughs> um, but that was like the first time that you had that like little thing, and that's always one of the things I always remember about that game is just the sun when you decision. got there. Just, but it works. It did it? A work? lot of stuff about They're Mario were weird the decisions. At you. You're still talking about it. I mean, because it's silly. You made a note about it. Because <laughs> it's silly. But it's <laughs> I saw it one. I forgot about this. Why is there a sun being thrown at me? Yeah. And who's throwing Why it? Why is it so angry? Why yeah. is the sun th- being throwing yeah. itself at me? Um, And I also like how at the end of each level, because, you know, before you just, you got the flagpole and that was it. But then in this one, you can get little power-ups uh, because you have the different, like the casino-like um, thing changing to see what kind of elements you would get to it. Yeah. You know, extra little power-ups and stuff. But uh, it grew the franchise, grew the game. I think it really set Mario on the trajectory that we get today. I don't think the other Mario games happen if, he, if Super Mario 3 doesn't happen. Agreed. Yeah. And Fred Savage. That, that game was so fucking big that they made a movie out of it. Like, yep. Nintendo basically, like, here's, we're going to make a two-hour long uh, commercial yeah. with uh, the biggest, like, one of the biggest child yeah. actors of the time. Yeah, here's the commercial. Here's how to get the warp whistle. <laughs> here's how to get from World One to World Eight in ten minutes. Yeah. And here's a power glove. <laughs> yes. Fucking power glove, baby. <laughs> uh, so am I up? You are, sir. Sure. Okay. So um, the deal is, uh, these next, <sighs> the Uncanny X Men. It's on my list, not because it's good. Because it because of the journey I had to get to to get to it. Okay. So, uh, you know, and I, I know we don't spend a lot of time with this stuff, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just set the context here. Again, didn't own many games. Parents were not buying me games. That shit was not a thing. Uh, unless I could trade with somebody, it was like I had what I had, and I would rent. And I tried to push the rent every weekend. It didn't always work out that way. But typically every weekend, we, my dad and I would go to the video store and he'd rent a movie or two. And I'd always try to get Monster Squad, uh, something with uh, Inhumanoids, the cartoon Inhumanoids, and again a game for the weekend. That, that was always the plan. But there was a game. Because at, at Best Video, it was only at Best Video. They'd have like their case with all their Nintendo games in it. And they'd have the boxes, but not the game. They'd just have the boxes and they'd get the games behind the, the desk yep. and everything. And they always had an, an Uncanny X-Men game. It was always out. Every single time I was there. Now, we're talking 87, 88. You know, I'm reading more. And I'm, like, getting into my comics yeah. more. I'm not just scribbling in my comics like I did when I was, like, you know, four years old. I'm actually reading them now. And I'm picking up on things. I'm really getting into it now. And I'm so ingrained into the X-Men at this point. This is before the cartoon on Fox. This is just, like, I loved the comic books. And I was so into the idea of the mutants. So the idea that there was a video game based on my favorite thing was... I I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. So for months and months and I'm talking 
months. We'd go, and it was always empty. Every single fucking time. And every time I just stare, I'll get Double Dragon, I guess. <laughs> I'll get Fester's Quest. And I remember, I'll, shout, shout out to Fester's, out Fester's Quest. Quest. Yeah. Yeah, I have that. Fester's Quest. I own that. That was Stephanie's favorite Nintendo game. She <laughs> wanted to make sure that I that I mentioned Fester's Quest. Shout out to Stephanie. Thank, you're welcome, by the way, my dear. Um, so there were, there were, you know, and then finally, I couldn't tell you if it was three months or eight months. Because when your child time go moves in a weird way. Yeah. But it was months. I know for it. I remember it being months. It was there. And I was so elated. I was elated. I wasn't just excited. I was fucking elated to go, that one right there. That's the one I want. Right there. The X-Men. Yeah, the one that says Uncanny X-Men. Right there. Right there. Right there. Yeah, that's what I want. Take it from somebody else. Takes it. And I, the drive home's like eight minutes, maybe. It is the first thing I did. I sat my ass down. I would sit on... I had this little little stool thing I sat down in front of my little shitty TV to play my Nintendo games. I sat my little ass down on this desk, this little stool, popped that fucker in. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew what to do. You blow into it. You, you know, shake it a few times. Whatever you gotta do. You know how that works. 8-bit foreplay. It, and then it turns on. And I was ready oh, sure for this experience. And I'm sure you were too. I was so ready to play an X Men. Is the first X Men video it game? It was the first one. Yes. No, I, Noah's I, gonna like take this episode and he's gonna put sexy saxophone over as Jones talks about how he blew into it. Yeah. And how it turned on and how excited he got afterwards when it was turned on. So you you <clears> can choose your character. Yeah. You, know, you know you can choose from Cyclops, Iceman, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Wolverine Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler. And I swear to God, I chose Wolverine because of course I did. You load into the game, and I'm like, "Yeah, bitch, I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna fuck this up." I, I wasn't saying that, but I was thinking it, and I just died instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, okay, hold on, all right, I, I'll, I'll get that." And I proceeded to have one of the worst gaming experiences of my young life because that game was terrible. <laughs> it was genuinely a bad game. And it was like, there were no redeeming qualities to this experience. Yeah. Like, you're talking about a character whose entire idea is that he's inc- unkillable and he has adamantium claws that can, that are effectively the hardest metal known to man. And like, I melee things. That's I don't have optic blasts. I don't shoot lightning bolts. I can't teleport through things. I, sh- I hit things with my fists and my claws. And if you get close enough to something to hit it, it kill you. What? Who, who signed off on this? <laughs> right? So, I um, rented, had that game rented multiple times because I refused to give up on it. And I beat the game. I'd say 33 years later, Ballpark. I was watching a YouTube video for a fucking podcast where I wanted to go and refresh myself on this fucking game. Now, mind you, I'm skipping the part where I hated myself the whole time I'm playing it, right? I'm hating myself. That's the first time I became a jaded gamer was this game. <laughs> like, I became a special, special place in your heart. The lasting legacy of yes, the Uncanny yes. X-Men. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I'm watching a YouTube video on it recently, you know, 33 years later. Trying to figure out, like, let me, you know, I can't, I, I remember, but I don't remember t- a lot of it. And I'm like, oh, now I remember this. I remember how fucking awful this was. And then I watched the guy beat the fucking game, and then I found out that wasn't the end of the fucking game. Because you have to put a stupid-ass code in. Yep. Which, 
Who the fuck knew that? <laughs> now, I didn't know that. There was nothing on the back of the box. There was nothing. There was, there was nothing in the manual that says, "Hey, there's a code you're supposed to put in." I'm like, wait, there's more. And not that I missed much, <laughs> but the point was, what kind of poor design decision do you make? Yeah. To have a game that you can beat, and then you're not really done, but we're not gonna tell you that you can fight Magneto. The biggest fucking villain the X-Men have. You're going to fight uh, Emma Frost instead. But then there's an actual fucking stupid... Co- who? Anyhow, my point is... <laughs> it's DLC on my before list. it was cool. That's a way to put it, Jeff. Uh, it's on my list because it has a special place in my heart for... It, it introduced me to being a bitter gamer. Uh, taught Jones mirth at a it, young age. It taught me anger. It, it taught me how to hate something a little bit. Well, it's funny because like when we were going back and reviewing our list, I was like, I think I remember playing that game. It ain't good. And I was like, I played the X Men arcade game, which I love. It's probably similar. It's probably similar to it's that. Not the and then I went back and I was like, oh, this is bad. But it's X Men. But it's so bad. It's so damn bad. <laughs> like shame on them for making that game. Like when they made the Ninja Turtles two game for Nintendo, they made it like the arcade game. Yeah. You know? Um, and you would think that this would be the case. I, I never played this game as a kid because I don't think anybody liked the game enough to even recommend it to people. Like, you didn't even recommend it to people you didn't like. Like, you know what game you should really play? You should play that <laughs> X-Men game. Play the X-Men game. You're going to love it. You'd fucking beat the level. You have to go back down. Yep. Hold out hope for the Wolverine game, Jones. It'll bring you... It'll 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 fix this. It'll fix Listen, this I bought a PS5 just for that. Any, but more importantly, to your point... Shout out to the Wolverine Nintendo game, which was way better, way better than this one, way way better. Didn't own. I, I actually borrowed that game, and it was way better. And it should be on the list, but you know what? No, 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 no. Because part of being a gamer is suffering. Yeah, it's true. You you gotta go through the bad to get to the good sometimes. Yep. So that's why this and, game is on that list. And there's story behind it. It's not just like yeah, I, I played it and I it was just shit. Remember, there's there's very li- when you're an adult, you yearned for it yeah, for so long. Yeah. When you're an adult, you don't, like, get excited for things like that the way you did when you were a kid. Yeah. And I just remember every week we go up, it was, like, Friday or Saturday, and it's just, the box is just there. And it's just, no, the game's not there. And I'm like... You're like, this game must be so good. That's what (laughs) I... It's just gone every time. That's what you think. Because (laughs) if you're there, like, three months in a row, week after week after week, and it's not that, it's obviously so good that people are just keeping it. No, people are renting it playing it for an hour on the first day and then just like setting it aside until they got to return their movie two days later and then taking it back. They aren't actually playing it. All Dude, time. I remember like the heart, like my heart rate rose significantly when I saw that it was there and I could rent it. I'm like, we're doing this now. Give me, where's the wallet? Give me, you know? So that's my number two. Fucking uncanny X-Men. Uncanny X-Men. I, it will, it'll always stay with on me. the list for reasons. Mm, not good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mac, you said your number two was Mario 3, which yes. we talked about. Yep. Uh, my number two is also a game we talked about a little earlier. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins. The fucking Goblins and Ghouls. Worst, Goblins and Ghouls. <laughs> the worst game in the history of the planet. Because it's so damn difficult. Because it's so fucking hard. Yes. It is extremely difficult. Uh, you play the role of a knight who is uh, about to make sweet love. Uh to his princess you're, you're literally cucking these people right now uh 
you're wearing nothing but a loincloth. You're like having a picnic. Like yeah. it's just, about to go just having down. a good day. Talk about something I never even thought about <laughs> until you mentioned it. Like I never thought that those characters were because you don't think about that when you're seven. No, no, no. And then when you start playing it again well, as an adult, <laughs> no. But like when I played it again as an adult, um, same kind of thing. I never it's that because I'm just sitting there thinking the same thing. It's like oh, you know, you're starting off. As as basic as you can start off. I didn't realize they're gonna no, fuck. No, my now man, I know they're gonna fuck. He's about to get them good. Yeah. He, was, <laughs> he was about to until a big ass demon had other plans. But I mean, stole listen, this girl. Put yourself in his position, right? The cash and prizes are about to be out. You're already shirtless. You ain't got no pants on. All no. you have you is don't like, have to take the loincloth you gotta, off. You can just fuck with the loincloth. You got on. a strip covering the. He, that might not even be a loincloth. That just might be bush, like straight bush. <laughs> it's eight bit bush. Is what oh you said. You're right. <laughs> I don't think anybody has ever said the sentence. I think that's eight bit bush. Uh, coming soon to the uh, nothing good shop. Eight bit foreplay and eight bit eight bit bush. Yeah. So uh, his girl oh, gets God. stolen, and he puts his armor on, and he has to avenge that shit to get some tail. So let's pretend you're him, right? And you're basically butt naked. It's the middle of the fucking night. Whatever. Not judging. And you're sitting having a picnic. There's like bread. Yeah. And meat. Maybe some grapes. And skeletons She's and shit. fully dressed. <laughs> <laughs> so your ass is being very presumptuous about where things are going to go. And you're like, you're like, he's like chilling. Like. Yeah. He's not just like casually he's standing there. He's like, yeah. And then a fucking demon. What do you do when you're butt naked, basically, and the, and the moonlight is shining? And you're about to, you're trying to make a move here, and a demon from the depths of Hades erupts from the sky, snatches your girl, snatches Stephanie up, and <laughs> to a fucking castle, and you're like, well, guess I'm going home. <laughs> like, what do you do? Do you yeah. put on your armor and go? Well, I'm gonna wage war against the the I, darkness. So I envision I envision the story going a little bit more like this, right? So, <laughs> you know, you're you're sitting there, you're laying there, you find you got you're down to your loincloth because you know it's gonna happen, and this is the first maiden down to your loincloth. This is the first maiden in your life. He's about to lose his virginity, and he's been waiting for a long time. This isn't the first that makes maiden. It even worse. This, that's well. That, well, why do you why do you think he would go ahead and pick his up pick up his lance and go try to find fucking kill this demon? <laughs> she was down. Because he, I envision this guy, this squire, maybe if you will, maybe this this serf. Um, but he's tried to deflower maidens. This isn't the first maiden he's tried to deflower, but this is the one he's gotten furthest with, and that's about to fucking happen. He, he got so far, she was still dressed. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. But he was not. He was so fucking ready, and then, you know, the fucking demon comes and takes her. He's so pissed. Like, God damn it, that's it! He picks up his lance and goes into battle. Like, that's the, the point of, like, frust sexual frustration he's at. That's beyond, like, peeling the label off a bottle of beer. <laughs> that is something else entirely. It, it's funny, because, like, as a kid, you're like... Oh, it's like Bowser taking Princess Peach. Nah, man, right? it isn't. <laughs> then, you're, then you're like, oh, wait, my man's naked. Yeah, eight. something. There's something more going on there. Yeah, eight bit bush. Yeah, uh, but it's a it's a classic like side scroller adventure game. Uh, you know, you're battling all these demons along the way to try to get the princess back. Uh, it's a fun ass game from start to finish, and it's extremely difficult. It's not fun. 
it's extremely frustrating. Not as frustrating as uh, TMNT, but still pretty frustrating. Uh, and I remember, like, as a kid, like, only... Because, like, when you beat... When you get to the end of each level, then it, like, zooms out and it shows you the yeah, whole the map. fucking map. Of, yeah, like, cool. here's the ten levels or whatever it is. And then you're like, holy shit, I still got a long way to go. And you're like, I think I got this. And then, like, you get to the next level where there's, like, multiple... Uh, layers and stuff and you're like man this game's fucking hard and it's it's a recurring theme with nintendo outside of like the nintendo licensed games uh they make it way more difficult than it should be for fucking kids games let let me tell you my experience with playing ghosts and goblins all right now there is a thing as jeff describes the map there is a tone. There's a little, little, a little ditty that gets played. Da 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 da, and then the level starts. And then, as I'm playing the game, all of a sudden, I'm right back to da 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 da, because I fucking died. <laughs> I fucking died immediately. Impossible Mario was me playing Ghosts and Goblins. Well, it, it's deceiving because, like, the first level with like the zombies coming up out of the ground, it's like it's pretty simple. And then there's there's the guys like the flying guys, and once you figure out you know the timing of the jumps and throwing your spear, uh, it's not that difficult. But then you get to the second level, and they're like, "Psych, gotcha, bitch." <laughs> and so- and that was my whole thing is that I heard that fucking thing da 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 because I died so many times that I got to the point I never threw my video game controller. I never did. I know a lot of people who did. But I got to the point where I just said casually, quietly as a kid, as a as as a, as a tiny Dave, as a little Mac, as a as a wee tot. Fuck this game. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta go. I'm done. Yeah. I think I need to walk away. Yeah. I walked away from that game so many times. So if uh, <laughs> if you have a Nintendo Switch and you have a Nintendo Switch Online and have access to the Nintendo Classic Collection, it is on there. Uh, you're probably not going to beat it, but you can, you can go play it. <laughs> so I, I okay. So having never played it, I, and so I watched a, a, a pretty brisk playthrough. Play and the one thing that I could take away from it, outside of the obvious, the my man was about to get in the good goods. Um, was that I really appreciate the the, the enemy design. It was pretty varied, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I thought was really cool, which I did not expect. Um, I it was, like every time I would like I'd watch for a little bit. I get up, do something, come sit back down. I'm, I'm at a new level, and I'm like, man, this enemies are just every level varied, felt actually. different. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool, and it was very well designed. It's a very well designed game. I wouldn't know. I never got past level two. Well, fuck that game. <laughs> well, it's, it's that's unfortunate, <clears throat> but very true. Because every the hard, was that the hardest game you ever played for Nintendo? I, I think it's still the hardest game I've ever played now. <laughs> I'm serious. I went, so I got, when, when Nintendo did the NES Classic release, it was a Toys R Us, so I was able to get one. Um, the controller doesn't play the same as regular Nintendo does, so you kind of have like a little lag. You kind of have to like figure out when you're playing those games. Ghosts and Goblins is on there. Made fucking the hardest game I've ever played even harder. Because and <laughs> if your timing's that, off, like you, you're oh my fucked, god, you're, t- yeah. you're totally fucked. Yeah. And I got to the same place as like a 36 year old man where again, fuck this game. <laughs> well, I would say the hardest Nintendo game I've ever played. You say, oh, it's Ninja Turtles. I don't think that it's because it was a really difficult game. It was poor level design, is was the issue, honestly. Poor level design. Ninja Gaiden was the hardest game I've ever played in my life. It, 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 I feel that. I uh, 
I never came close to beating that game. Not even kind of. It was it was beyond me. It was for people kids older than me. Too really, it was too fast. Too much. Too many things happening. I was not ready for Ninja Gaiden. Uh, that is definitely in like the short list of hardest games I've ever played, and it's the hardest Nintendo game I've ever played, attempted to play, which is unfortunate because it was an awesome game. Yeah. So, that's a game that you hate. Why don't you tell us about a game that you love? What's your number one game? We're right there, we'll let Jones. you go first because me and Dave, our number one game is the same. Yeah, we got the same one. It's a, Shocker. That works out well for me. Uh, <laughs> Shocker. So, uh, so <clears throat> Spy vs. Spy, we'll get right to it. It's funny because like of all the great games that Nintendo has, has come up with, why in the fuck is Spy vs. Spy my favorite Nintendo game? And it's not because it's a bad game. It's not great. To be fair, it's not. But it's funny, like, it's a, it's such a, it's a, one of those fond memory games. That's probably the best way to put it. Because it's the first game that I actively remember being competitive with. Because it was, I, I feel, I could be wrong, but I think it's the, it could be the first competitive Nintendo game. And when I say competitive, it wasn't competitive, but like you competed against, against another against player. Against each other. Like, yeah. if you think about what it was doing, it was actually pretty impressive. Right, so for those of you, I none of you have played this fucking game. I can almost promise you that. Maybe a, a three of you might have. I just remember the spy versus spy like little cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you mention this, like wait, is this the same thing? And it yeah, is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mad, Mad Magazine. Yep. Uh, so what was so cool about this though? Because it was all about subterfuge and and tricking your opponent, and you can play the computer. Like you didn't if you. It was the first game that I played with my sister that was like we were at odds with each other. And that's so cool because it created that antagonizing relationship that we had <laughs> to this very day. Um, so what it, how it worked is for those of you who are unfamiliar with Spy vs. Spy, it was based on um, a comic strip in Mad Magazine uh, where like these two spies, uh, the, the white spy and the black spy, and by white and black, I mean they one wore white and one wore black. They were always at odds against each other trying to get a briefcase or government secrets uh and so like from what i understand like spy versus spy was kind of based on like communism in the western world which is that that's a deeper conversation that we're gonna have here yeah, today it's cold war but yep but interestingly enough like it became such a popular strip for mad and i remember and i remember when i was young I got Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine well earlier than I should have. Jokes and parodies, I had no idea what the fuck I was even looking at. explains a few things about you, Jones. It should. Look, as a child, I was exposed to things I should not have been exposed to. That's for sure. For sure. I had a lot of older cousins who did not give me flying shit. Um, But I knew of Spy vs. Spy, and I'm pretty sure I got Spy vs. Spy from, um, what the hell's it called, a flea market or something? Super cheap for, for my dad got it for me. Super cheap. Um, so the game basically is you exist in like this little map, and you share space with another player or a computer. And your job is to find a briefcase and like four items. And every little map is interconnected with various rooms. And your job is to go through each room, search behind the paintings, search behind the piano, search behind the closet, and try to find these different items. If you get all f- the briefcase and all four items, you get the hell out of dodge. But the layer, the rub here is, is that you also have bombs. You have water traps and booby traps that you can set in in different locations that the other player, because you're sharing the space, which is really cool. This is a Nintendo game. Yeah. You're sharing this space with another player. 
they're going behind you or in front of you, and sometimes you can run into each other and they can try to stab each other to death, which is always awkward. Uh, but the idea is you want to avoid the other player, set some booby traps, find the, the documents, the pieces that you need to find, while also avoiding their traps, and then get out of the building, get to the plane, get out of Dodge. Um, I spent many hours over the course of however many years playing Spy vs. Spy poorly, because I was very young to understand what I was really trying to do, uh, to be honest. And it took it took my sister and I a while to wrap our heads around it, because it's a little deeper than like what like a seven-year-old's really going to play initially. But once you start getting like what you're trying to do, uh, it, it, it opens up a little more. But it was cool because it's a competitive game. It's a player versus player game. Like, that's the first player versus player game I think I ever played. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at that, all the games that were out at that time, the only other competitive games where you're playing against the other person you're playing with was sports games. Exactly. And yep. this this was sort of like a, a mind game, if you will, in terms of I'm trying to set up all these traps to sort of preemptively strike you. Yeah. Uh, and outthink you and try to outsmart you uh and you know the psychology of it plays right into you know the whole point of spy versus spy from a comic standpoint Mm -hmm. Uh, and for as simple as 8-bit graphics were it was a fairly complex game it a lot was again like if you think about what the game was doing because every level the map was a little bigger and more rooms and more turns and you could get easily turned around trying to get out of the building uh and 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 the the worst is when you turn a corner you go into another room and then your opponent's in the other room and you look at each other and you start stabbing (laughs) at each other who stabs first is gonna win basically uh but then because it was a split great message to teach teach kids yeah Yeah. the 80s dave uh, <laughs> so like the the nice part about it too is like because it was a split it was a split screen game on top of all of this, like it was the Nintendo was doing a lot of things. Uh, you could cheat if you really wanted to, but the problem is you you almost couldn't because you're so worried about finding what you're looking for. You can't you don't have time to look at their screen. Yeah, they don't yeah. have time to look at your screen because while they're looking, by the time you do that do that it's too late you could have already found the briefcase and the, yeah. the mirror and the this and the that and you're already on your way to maui because it's like you had to go to like you're on your way to some fucking island or something but um spy versus spy i think it came on 86 um that's always what i'm talking but that's cool clover um <laughs> thanks clover i appreciate you too um it is it is my favorite nintendo game of all time because one because i have such good memories from it obviously but two I respect it because it was actually a pretty ambitious game. Yeah, it's so it different. Yeah. I mean, if you look at even all the games on our list, which are some of the greatest NES games of all time, like it's so different. I don't think there's. I don't. I can't. <clears throat> I can't tell you another Nintendo game that was doing that. How many other games can you think of that have done that at all? You know, as you kind of talk about, you know, you're too busy looking at your screen to pay attention to what they're doing on their screen. You say that, and I immediately think of Goldeneye. Like when you're playing multiplayer and if you're playing like Man with a Golden Gun, Proximity Mines and everything, you know, you're not paying attention where people are like throwing mines and then you're walking in a room and then boom, you fucking die. Right. I mean, that that was 10 years, 12 years after this. Um, And I'm not saying (laughs) that there really be any kind of correlation from A to B, but when you start kind of lining it up, I mean, there's there's similar aspects to it. You imagine you imagine you're sitting there, you're playing the game and you're like, you've got the briefcase, you got like. 
the three items, you need one more, and you're like, you're, you're, tr- you're quickly trying to get out as quickly as, and you finally find the fourth one. Or you find the third one, you try to find the fourth one, you're going from room to room to room to room to room. You're like, where the fuck is it? Where the fuck is it? And you're trying, because you have to do it quickly, and then you're like, it has to be right here. You open, move that painting over, and it blows up. Because your fucking sister was already in that room. <laughs> and she just cackles at you. And you're like, mother. And she's already on her way out. She was waiting. She knew. She knew. Yeah, she can't do that to you in real life. Can't she? She may have wanted to. I guarantee she wanted to. <clears throat> but, you know, she also had to live there. And your parents probably wouldn't have been very happy about yeah, that. Yeah, it's probably frowned upon. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so you so, do it in video game form. I, yeah, I, I, I maintain Spy vs. Spy is a very underrated game that I think a lot of big Nintendo uh, uh, enthusiasts completely ignore because it's not, yeah. you know... It's not Metroid or whatever, but I think Spy vs. Spy was pretty awesome for what it was. And that's why it's my number one. It's a great choice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Mac? We got one more to talk about. Just the one. Oh, boy. You want to do it at the same time? You want to say it at the same time? Let's get weird. Want to get a little weird? A little, a little, a little, a little. <laughs> I don't know why you're going <laughs> to say it. You close that microphone there? Go. Three, two, one. Home Alone. You fucker, you're supposed to say something. Oh, God nope. damn it. I knew you were going to say something stupid, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't know why Home Alone popped into my mind. Like right I, didn't before. Think, I think you were going to say that. Yeah, I don't know why Home Alone popped in my mind at that point. but uh, I don't know either. Go for it, Jeff. Lay it on us. All right, number one. Uh, let's talk about The Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. A little game you may have heard of. It is a little game that you may have heard of. Uh, one of two games that came on a gold cartridge. Mm. Oof. Because it's bougie like that. It is. <laughs> it did. Uh, number one for me is Legend of Zelda, obviously. Um, you know, Legend of Zelda has a special place in my heart. Not just this game, but all of the Zelda games. It's my favorite video game franchise of all time. There's been, you know, many iterations. Most of them good. Some of them really bad, like Legend of Zelda 2 on the NES. Just uh, Link. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they did what they did with that game. But this game, you know, it really sort of set the stage for everything that came after it. Um, You know, a lot of the games at that point were side scrollers. Uh, This was an overhead, like looking down. Uh, The map was expansive. It was what you would consider open world today, but within the limitations of an 8-bit cartridge. and even though there was a specific direction of like, hey, there's eight labyrinths that you have to go through. You got to fight eight bosses to get all the pieces of the Triforce um, to eventually face Ganon. Uh, it was open enough that you could try to maneuver your way through that. And there was no like, yes, you have to go to Labyrinth 1 and to get to it, it's you know up 1 and over 5 on the map. Because the cartridges back in the day used to come with instruction books. And this particular game came with a map, like an actual fold-out map that was half the size of this table that we're recording at. Uh, But it didn't tell you where anything was on the map. It was just, this is what the world looks like. Uh, And you had to figure out the rest on your own. Um, So it starts out, you know, Link spins up on the level. First, you get this opening graphic of like the waterfall and the Legend of Zelda. And music hits. Yeah. That music. You, oh, that yeah. Music. The music. Um, you see the Master Sword and the Triforce and all that. And 
at that point you have no idea what the fuck any of that means but that's so cool uh, but the music uh and then the game starts and you're like okay well what do i do now there's one little cave at the top of the first screen and you go in there and the guy's like it's unsafe to go alone here take this Who and the fuck he, is that he guy? gives you a sword nobody just, knows he's just a guy just some dude with a sword just some guy you know, waiting with a sword i you know it's funny like uh I know I've played Legend of Zelda. I didn't own it, but I know I've played it. I'm sure many times. But before recognizing and understanding, like it's it's not safe to go alone. It's such a it's such a fucking line that has used it's so iconic. often. Yeah, that you don't re- I didn't realize until recently how important that line actually is. That it's used and people use it. And I think some people probably don't use it, don't even realize where it's from. They just heard it and like it's fucking Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Like everything about Legend of Zelda is big. All of it. Like uh so yeah, I sat through a let's play for this game as well because again, that was not was not 30 minutes, was it Jones? It's like it's like an, it was like 2 hours or an hour and 40. Couple hours. It was yeah. something like that. It wasn't super long, but it was long. It was a I will get up and do some stuff for a while and come back to it while it's playing long. Um but just the beginning and you know the music hits and that music is so incredibly iconic that sound and you don't even have to even have really appreciate zelda i mean zelda's cool but i'm not a big zelda fan but i love that song i love what it means as a gamer as somebody who's played you know ocarina of time and majora's mask and all Mm -hmm. that shit like i appreciate and understand the importance of that music and how how it started so small like it didn't mean anything to us to to kids when they first heard it right it's like oh it's just music oh it's cool cool let's play this game but now it has gained so much nostalgia and iconic status that you hear the first three seconds of it you know exactly what you're listening to and that's so cool that song is uh the ring ringtone on my cell phone it has been for like 20 years that is not a surprise to me when when zedge was cool and you could have any ringtone you i wanted. still have it installed on my phone i never use it but I still well have it. you can't because there's nothing on it but that really? was your oh, shit. no anything that's licensed is gone no yeah shit. yeah yeah they stripped so, that all off but that was your ringtone on for that when you called that was the ringtone yours was the uh, x-men the animated series damn right so um i i always liked having custom ringtones for people um but yeah you, you you're playing the legend of zelda and the lead character of the game is named fucking link right that, that confuses a lot of people who don't really know they're like oh like yeah that that guy in the green tunic that's yeah that's zelda you're like yeah, no that's link this, and they're like this, no it's called the legend of zelda yeah and then no zelda is the princess yeah exactly right off the bat throwing your curveball <laughs> you know um <clears throat> you could save in this game mm-hmm. yes which was one of the biggest aspects of this you know the only game that i ever really played that and i mentioned on the list here earlier was mega man with the mega man games you after you beat a level they gave you a code so you know depending on what way you went through the game and which characters beat in what order and blah 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 what you'd have you'd be able to put in a code to pick up where you left off and they were able to kind of do that the way the game was played a lot of other games you know once you went through your cavalcade of lives you were it was done you had to start over reset Zelda was not like that. Zelda, you could save your progress. And this was one of the first games and one of the only games that really gave you the opportunity to do that. Yeah, there are, I, I mean, I don't know how many, it's 700 plus games. So who knows how many had that option, but not one a ton Jones. that I played. Just No, one. there was definitely more than that. I'm sure there were, yeah. There's definitely more than that. But Zelda, um, in great action, great gameplay, 
open world, right? We're, we're checking off boxes that, you know, so you many didn't games, know you needed. That you didn't even know you needed. <laughs> yeah. That so many games today are based off of, right? Um, but also puzzles, challenges, different things that you didn't know that you needed to do in order to accomplish certain things. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? In the 1980s, when you're playing Zelda, you didn't have internet. Uh, you were maybe lucky to get a magazine, a gamer magazine, that would give you some tips. You had to ask your friends what to do, or you yeah. had to figure it out. Like, there was no help for you in a game that had all these different puzzles and challenges and hidden areas and things that you had to do and find in order to to beat the game. Uh, it was just you and your curiosity and your wits to be able to get you through this game, which to me is, I think, why I love this game so much. Um, <clears throat> it is my favorite. Uh, it's not my favorite Zelda game. Uh, I think Ocarina of Time for a lot of people is everybody's Justifiably favorite. Justifiably so. Um, but it's it's easily my favorite Nintendo game. Um, I probably have played this game outside of of the Mega Man series and different iterations. I probably played this game the most. Um, you know, I remember when when Game Boy Advance was moving things forward and they were porting nintendo games into the game boy advance I, was, I, I bought a game boy advance for that reason and got zelda so i could just play it when i was sitting by the pool um you can actually just buy it like nintendo sells these things now where it's just an, an entire version of a game on a handheld almost like how like the tiger electronics were when yeah. we were kids oh, but fuck. it's but yeah, it's fuck, but it's fucking Ugh. it's the entire zelda game I had a and i think links like in it that. too God. they have a couple games yeah. on it that it's you can wild. play it's pretty mm -hmm. wild um <clears throat> but it's it's replayability is is great uh as well um and and yeah it's it's just it's so iconic yeah and you know i've i've loved the zelda franchise you know since this one and on a personal level so you know i had this game as a kid and we would play it my grandfather bought an nes and bought zelda because those were the types of things that he liked to do and I remember like going to his house and he would be like super stoked about what he found in Zelda yeah. and like what level he was at. And we were like compare notes and he'd go in with his passwords and, you know, log into a save file. And I'm like, as an eight year old kid, like who would have thought that video games would bring, you know, you and someone three generations above you it's <laughs> like, amazing, together. It's, it's like kind of a weird a weird thing to sort of uh, unite through. They're very fortunate. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 one of those things, you know, games have a way of bringing people together that you don't necessarily think about sometimes. So, like, for me, maybe that's why I love Zelda so much. Um, that's a good but, enough reason. Yeah. <laughs> real, I mean, real talk, that's a good enough reason. You know, I, I think Zelda, because <clears throat> I think what you said, Jeff, the game has elements that are very common, uh, common themes, Right. Um, which we see in a lot of, of other Nintendo games. You know, you have to save the princess from the monster and things like that. But it does it in such a way that is that is almost, you know, it's familiar, but also unique um, in how it does it. And, you know, some of the games we talked about, Ghosts and Goblins, Wizards and Warriors, um, you know, you're playing as characters that end up being knights and have traditional weapons that are based in fantasy and things like that. But this game really is fantasy. Uh, this game is Lord of the Rings without it being Lord of the Rings in, in a lot of ways, right? Um, which is why I've always kind of 
said this. That's why we've never gotten a Zelda movie. Because if you make a Zelda movie... The expectations are too high. You can yeah. never get it right. Um, and Nintendo's very, very um, protective of their IP where yep. that's concerned. Because I'm sure some people have pitched them about a, a Zelda movie that would have probably worked. But, you know, if you don't make it like Lord of the Rings, people probably wouldn't like it. I mean, Legolas is basically Link. I mean... You look at that fucking movie. They made a Legend of Zelda cartoon and made Link out to be like this chauvinistic dickhead. Yeah. And so that did not go well. We don't so talk about they're like, that. One day we will. <laughs> so they're like, maybe we shouldn't do Go back that. And watch the Zelda show and the Super Mario show yeah, all over again. Those weren't the days. Well, excuse me, princess. That was not, that was not good. It wasn't good then. And I, I, no, it's bad. It if you bad. watch, if you go back and watch it now, it's even worse. Like, I didn't like it then. Yeah. I know I probably hate yeah. it now. No, it's bad. And, and the game, because, you know, when you have a game like this, you know, we talked about, you know, in, in the games we've talked about, there's a, a demon that takes the princess, Wizards and Warriors, there's a whole bunch of monsters, um, Mega Man, you've you got a, a named villain in Dr. Wily and stuff like that, but, you know, you have Ganon. Prince Darkness. Like, probably, I mean, the second most famous villain, I think, in video games definitely way more of a badass than bowser bowser has always been kind of bowser's like a cartoony he's villain. cartoony villain right ganon Ganon's is like i will burn your villages i'm going to just lay a waste and a plague yeah. upon your people you know and 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 the iterations of how they've kind of had ganon come up in games since then making him this you know he's a, a wizard who becomes a, a creature and a monster who's unfathomably powerful um, just lends to that character and, and the ominous presence that he has. And it yeah. all starts in this game. And that's the, I mean, that's the mythos of The Legend of Zelda. The Triforce is, you know, wisdom, courage, power, but it's also Link, Zelda, Ganon. Without any one of those, the Triforce doesn't exist. It's like, you know, the balance of the Force, yeah. you know, uh, well. to, to put it in terms that nerds understand you know, this goes back to the treatment Jeff and I wrote like 15 years ago for a Legend of Zelda trilogy movie that'll never get made. But then the people in Nintendo are going to hear this podcast and realize that we get it, and then we're going to get greenlit, Jeff. Sick. That's that's the sick life. Oh, hello, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you know, this would be great. Next time we go ahead and do this, just like you know what, guys, we got new listeners from Japan. <gasps> <laughs> um, but yeah, Legend of Zelda, man. Yep, my number one for uh, as well. I mean, don't get much better in terms of depth, in terms of complexity, in terms of like, you know, some levels of sort of inventory management, you know, you know, yep. it, it's a great game, uh, you know, and it spawned a, an incredible franchise that, you know, love it or hate it, still stands to the test of time. Yeah. And you talk about Nintendo, the NES, how many of those things can we talk about? How many things did they get right in this first iteration of the system? Because you could have got a lot of things wrong. And look, 700 games, they did get a lot of things wrong. <laughs> a There's lot. a metric There's ton. a whole metric lot wrong, ton. yeah. But, you know, you've got Mario and everything that's come from that. You've got Metroid, which none of us even talked about Metroid. There's a reason why. And the importance why. of that. There's a reason why. <laughs> what? 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 I'm sorry? I'll tell you the reason why. All right, Mike Bay. It is the singularly dr biggest drop ball in all of video gaming. If you're talking about the original Metroid... I mean in general now. Like, oh. We're at a point 
or we could really make some really awesome Metroid games. And they're just like, nah, we're just going to make Metroid Prime. Met- Again. <laughs> I fucking said it. Metroid Prime to me is one of the it's one of my absolute favorite video games that I've Ga- ever played. But I mean, to be fair, how many games have you played in the last ten years? Well, fuck what? you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, man, you want to say it was one of the greatest you ever played? Well, motherfucker, right. you played yeah, like all right, five. All right, all right, fair, fair, fair. All right, fair. One out of five ain't bad. But I'm not. And here's the thing: I'm not saying Metro Prime's bad. I'm not saying any of these games are bad. But they could do so much more than what they do with them. They're so utterly well, tribal. That's, that's Nintendo, their, and I hate it. Yeah. It's a whole conversation we've had too many times, yep. and I hate it. <coughs> Sorry. That's all good. Yeah, I, 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 listen, Metroid's awesome. I enjoyed Metroid games when I was young. I still think they're cool. It just, it'd been awesome. There's a lot of potential there, untapped potential. Grew with me as I became an adult and kept making better games that look better than they do. But hey, who am I? I'm just a consumer. This reminds Sorry. me. The one and only time Jeff Vandegrift, Jafar here, motherfucked me. I will never forget this day. I don't even remember. I remember. <laughs> he does. Pepperidge Farm fucking remembers, Jeff. You cut me deep that day. Bad it, Boys 2 remembers. Oh, because it, it was so, because it was the one of the few times he and I, it wasn't we didn't get into it. Like, we were about to fucking fight. No. So, it was like we were this just. This wasn't Trivial Pursuit Star Wars Episode 3 with me and Noah. Yeah, no, no friendships were ended that day. No. That, uh, I wish I could have seen that. Thank God. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, but it was, we were at the studio. The, the, the Noah's band was practicing mm-hmm. and we were all there and I'm trying to, it was like, it was, it was the, we had already come out or was going to come out. It was something like that. And I was shit talking how, oh, it's going to look like all the other fucking consoles they make. And I remember Jeff's face, the fire in his <laughs> eyes. Because I'm, like, trying to say, like, I would love some photorealistic graphics from Nintendo for fucking once. And I, I get on my little high horse about it because I feel like N- Nintendo 64, all right, cool, good, 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 good. All right, I'm 16, 17, let's go, let's go, let's go, PlayStation, Xbox. And they just went, we're going to stay being 14 years old. Bye, guys. Bye, Herb. No, 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 no. We have people over here who want this, whatever this is. We got a Wiimote because apparently people want that. Whatever. Nobody wanted that. Fuck we that. bought it, but we didn't want it. No, just give me a goddamn controller. Anyhow, and Jeff's exact words as I was trying to explain my place on this, he cut me off, his eyes lit with fire, and fucking brimstone said, Fuck you! His exact... And I just went, Oh shit, Jeff, all right. You found, he got so fired up because I was shit talking to him. You found the nerve. I, I, even, I was pressing nerve. that nerve. I don't even remember that. I wasn't that. making a point. It sounds like it. <laughs> He got fired up that man. And the best part about that is when, when that happened, Jones, you probably looked at Jeff and were vindicated. You're like, yep, that's exactly my point. I mean, I was like, well, shit, all right. Because yeah. was, I was like, fuck, that was like 10 plus years ago. That was well. That, <laughs> that was, was like, a while ago. That was like the 12 studio plus yeah. years ago. It was at least 10 years ago for the studio. I will never forget yeah. Jeff motherfucking me like that. Out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> keep Over talking Nintendo. shit see what happens. <laughs> you, keep, listen, you keep talking, son. <laughs> I'm going to cut you. Uh, but yeah, I, look. Nintendo does what they do, and they do it well. There's an audience for it, so I can't be mad about it. I just wish that they, I could play their games. Yeah, I mean, as as a fan for as long as I've been, like, yeah, I wish they would put out a Nintendo game that looked like Hellblade. 
God, can you imagine oh, a, a, like, a, a, the next Zelda game looking anything remotely Unreal close Engine to that? Five. I listen. Yeah. I would disintegrate into nothingness and yeah. reform somebody's, as another person. Somebody's done that. You can go online where they took Zelda and ported it Unreal Engine Four. But it doesn't. Yeah. It's not. Well, Nintendo should do it. It just reminds yeah, me of what could be. Yeah. <laughs> and that well, would yeah. be because they don't have to. They right. don't. They don't have to. Yeah. They're in their lane and they're staying. They in will it. stay in it. God bless them. They have make a lot of money. Well, that's how businesses fail. Has right? I, I I hope it doesn't, but when you rest on your laurels, at some point you become the Sega Genesis system, and then you know you're, you're just producing IP instead of actually hardware. So, mm-hmm. actually, no, that was not that's not entirely true at all. Because the reason why Sega went out is because they did push it, and people didn't accept it. Man, so. goddamn, Dreamcast was so good. We'll For talk about day. that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> At one point here in the future. Yes. Uh, but you know what? I think this has been an excellent episode. I wasn't sure what to expect going into it. I wasn't expecting to talk two and a half hours Jesus, about I did not NES that. games. I really But didn't. yet here we are. Here we are. It's a long episode. I apologize. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I don't fucking care. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. As Fuck always, you as always, we appreciate you for listening today. Uh, Next week, more exciting things to come. Once we figure out what that is. Once we figure out that. Once we figure out what that is. But there yeah. will be, though. Yes. There will be. Yes. Yeah. And we'll be there, and we hope that you're there. So thanks for oh, listening. Is wrestling coming up next? It is. Wrestling is next. WrestleMania season. We are WrestleMania we'll, listen, season. We'll cover WrestleMania for sure. Yeah. For those of you that like the wrestling episodes, all six of you, you'll enjoy it. The rest of you, well... There's always another episode after Deal with that. it. But yeah. maybe you should listen to it because it'll be a good WrestleMania episode. I keep telling everybody that. I think the wrestling episodes we do are some of the, the better episodes they we are, do. They are because there's so much to chew on. There's so much to yeah. talk about. So, And if it's a WrestleMania, that means it's probably going to be like three hours Man, long. we sound like wrestling fans trying to like pitch wrestling. Come on, guys. Just fans. fucking listen. You will not dislike it. Promise. You, you can just pick a match and just YouTube it as we talk about it. How about that? Uh, but anyhow... Uh, everybody stay safe out there and it's cold it's crappy weather here in the, at least in the eastern seaboard I don't know what it's like the rest of the world where you guys are oh, but it's winter in March finally fuck yeah well it snowed a little bit unfortunately uh, but uh, thanks again on behalf of the gentlemen here at Nothing Good Studios this is Doc signing off with Jafar and Mac see you next week Nothing good.